A world in ruins and brothers betrayed. The vengeful spirit has finally left the orbit of Istvan III. Countless brother Astartes lay cold in the ground, betrayed by their own gene fathers. Whatever has possessed the minds of these four sons of the Emperor, we may never know. However, reports abound of a ship under fire jumping into the warp away from the fleet may yet be a herald of light in these darkest of times. Stay tuned, brothers. Radio Free Istvan will continue to broadcast updates on the movements of the traitor Warmaster. And remember, the Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Free Istvan listeners, and welcome to episode 143 of Radio Free Istvan, a tabletop wargaming and miniature painting podcast. I'm your host, Derek, and with me today is powerful Vince. And I'm your host, Vince, and goddamn, is it beautiful to hear that beautiful, golden, angelic voice of yours, Derek. Oh my god, thank you. I've been uh, I've been practicing. I can tell. I can absolutely <laughs> tell. So, how's your week been, man? It's been feels great. Like it's been a, feels like it's been a long week. You know what? It you know, uh I have to say like it's it's been a little bit since we did an episode, not going to lie. It's been a very long week. Yeah, very long week. It's been a it, it's, it's been a week. But it's <laughs> it been has a been good week. It's been a whole thing. Yeah. So, uh we took a nice little sabbatical, you know. We uh eat, well, we took a nice sabbatical for Thanksgiving, then Christmas, then New Year's, and then we even decided to take a nice little sabbatical through Valentine's Day. Because I mean, you know lot... how it goes. You yeah, eat you know? too much over the holidays, and you just you, you crash out, and you sleep for a while. Happens to the best of us, right? Exactly. Happens to the best of us. And then, uh, you know, uh, I reached out to Derek today, and I sent him a video of me tucked playing that song from Silence of the Lambs. And I was like, would you record with me? Would you record with me? And then he was like, yeah, man, but you didn't have to do all that weird shit. And then I was like, well, well I got to. Press. Yeah. <laughs> I'd record hey, with me. You know what? Once you're tucked, you could say you're a female and all is good in the world. Hell yeah. Live your best life. Do what you got to do. Go. Hashtag new year, new me. Hashtag new year, new me. All right, Derek. So uh, what about you, man? What's been going on? It's been uh, pretty wild, I gotta say. Uh, been trying to fit, like break into a new market as far as uh, employability goes, and that's been going not ideal. But uh, you know, got to keep trying. Yeah, because the last time we we talked, you were starting to really get into like more jobs that aligned with like CAD, right? And and all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I picked up some CAD certifications and uh, trying to break into that. Most of the most of the demand I see in my local area for that is with uh, oil and gas companies, uh, specifically for pipe scheduling. Okay. Which is like uh, figuring out how they're going to put their pipes and everything, and planning out where what's going to go where, because uh, every valve needs certain bypasses, and like anytime anywhere you're going to have a lot of maintenance, mm-hmm. which is going to be like ninety degree valves or. Uh, or 90-degree junctions or valves or anything like that, you want to have a bypass so you can maintain it without shutting everything down. 
you so know I've it's, been, you, you know what's crazy is like I actually understand what you're talking about because uh when we were at War Games Camp and uh Michael realized I had like a big ass big dick truck that I rented, he was like, <laughs> Hey man, uh so I bought this smoker off a Craigslist or Facebook marketplace. Uh <laughs> can we go pick this thing up? I was like, sure, let's do it. And like the whole entire ride. We had the most fantastic conversation about like what he does and how it's like within the oil industry in Texas. And like my mind was blown like about like the software, like the monitoring software he developed and like the processes that he effectively made for his company and what it did for it. So I was like, God damn, Michael. Holy shit. You're the fucking man. Yeah, he basically makes them money. That's his job. Like, he facilitates them making money. Yeah, basically, Michael created a money machine using <laughs> zeros and ones, like binary code, and all it does is pump out Benjamins. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I got into the field kind of like, I was trying to work with him, just because, you know, he's my boy, and it's always dope when you work with your friends, yeah. until it was like, I'd be working in his department, so the likelihood of us both being off was very, very low. It's like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't do that. <laughs> do you ever realize, uh, and I hate to throw it off, but like, do you ever realize like, it's always really, really awesome to work with your friends, but the moment you and your buddies move into to each other, you absolutely hate their fucking guts? That's what I hear. I've had a lot of really good luck as far as roommates go. Like, I've yet to have like a really shitty experience with a roommate, but... I have been 100% around people who've like moved in with their friends and then ended up in fist fights over a bunch of dumb bullshit. Yeah. Like yeah, it's funny games until you can't just, you know, not hang out with them. Yeah. I was, you know what? On my end, I was really fortunate enough. All the roommates that I had that were my friends before were actually end up being really good roommates. Like in college, I was like just randomly roomed with some guy. And uh, that was not a pleasant experience for him or me because <laughs> the guy was the opposite of me. He was like ultra introvert, uh, would not party, would not drink. And that was the complete opposite of me in college. Wow. And it, it did not work to his favor. Because you would just bring people over and he had to fucking deal with it. Uh, I would not. I would, like, you know, even... Even like even if I was like in the most deepest status of drunk, I would still be like kind enough to be like, okay, I can't fucking bring people in here, but I'm just gonna go ahead. I'm just gonna. And nine times out of ten, when I had that thought process, I would literally open the door to our room and I would like just fall on the floor, pass out, and throw up. <laughs> so he would just wake up to me in a pile of my own throw up, and I'd be laying on the floor. And he just closed his room, like just closed his door and go back to playing, you know, World of Warcraft or whatever. Exactly. He played a lot of World of Warcraft, but I did not, I never once did I fault him for that because before I, I was in college, I did play World of Warcraft and it was a pretty dope game. I never oh, yeah. faulted him for his, uh, for his like hobbies because like he played a lot of World of Warcraft and stuff like that. And I did the same thing. I played a lot of video games. The only aspect was that he was an introvert to the point where like he wouldn't go out, he wouldn't party. Whereas I was 
like every Friday, Saturday night, I was in whatever fraternity house was having a party. And I was just like, I was there to party. You know what I mean? My name's Ron. I like to party. <laughs> God, it's been forever since I've seen that movie. I need to go back and rewatch Hot Rod. I know. That's like when I texted you today to record, and I was like, hey, bud, the words of Matthew McConaughey, I'm the Tugger Knotson, and I'm on the mission for the YOU. And I was like sitting there thinking, I was like, man, I need to watch. Uh, I can't believe I'm blanking right now. The name of that movie, Tropic Thunder. I was like, I need to watch that movie again. Like, that movie has so many great lines in that movie. It's great. Hell yeah. It's quotability is off the charts. Yeah. It's definitely up there as, like, one of the most quotable movies. I saw saw a post that resonated with me the other day. It's like, you kids kids are spoiled nowadays with your memes. Back in my day, you and your friends had to quote Anchorman back and forth at each other for literal years. Yeah, I know. That's crazy how to think, like, that's how old we are. Is like, like Napoleon Dynamite, Anchorman. They 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 all came out in like two thousand four, two thousand five, right? So that's like over ten years ago. That was a fucking era. I know. And here we are now. Now we're able to talk shit about each other and talk about heresy over the zero and one waves of the internet. Hell yeah! From literally thousands of miles away. Exactly. Like, well, no, actually, you know, surprisingly. Like, for me to go from Fort Lauderdale to hang out with you guys in Texas, because, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys are, like, Victoria, Texas, right? Yeah, about two hours from anywhere else in Texas. Yeah, it's re- it's actually really easy for me to go hang out with you guys. Like, there's direct flights to Corpus Christi, which is right near you guys, right? Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, like, ex- maybe an hour and a half, if that, away. Yeah, exactly. So, it... Because because of the Gulf is right there, like the distance of just flying across the Gulf. Because at first, when I would like hit you guys up about recording, I thought you guys were like three hours ahead time wise. You guys are only ahead of me by one hour. Oh yeah, the uh, the eastern end of the U.S. is actually a lot closer than. Uh, yeah. Once you start going over to, like the west, that's when you start to get you know pretty big difference. But yeah, no, Florida and Texas aren't as far apart as you'd imagine. Yeah, and it's pretty dope. But uh, yeah, so Derek, yes, what do we got? What do we got going on in tonight's episode? Well, tonight we've got uh, we got a bit of catching up to do. So do. we're pretty pretty far into our intro. We're gonna go into some hobby po- hobby progress. Yep. And Hashtag then, new year, new me. What we're gonna try to get done this year, and then we got the old uh, heresy release speed date. Oh yeah, the speed yeah. Her- speed dating. Forge World Heresy Edition, where uh, because of our sabbatical, we're going to catch up and go over every single one of the new units that came out. Actually, can I run that back? Go ahead. Uh, have you seen? So there's a bit they did in Chappelle's show called the Player Haters Convention. <laughs> and they had speed hating. <laughs> where They just had this like poster set, poster board set up. They'd pull like the blank picture off and there'd be a picture of somebody and they would just just roast them. Oh yeah, and, and then the they, next one. They pull up. They pull up. Uh, they pull up a picture of Rosie O'Donnell. And Dave Chappelle's like, he wears underwear with dick holes in them. <laughs> oh shit! It's Boy George. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't have a whole lot of like negativity. I, I've seen some people get negative over some of the new heresy stuff coming around, and uh, that's been really interesting to watch from the from like the outside because. 
I like more stuff is better. More stuff is great. More, more unless it just like if something new comes out that just invalidates everything else, then that's kind of bad. I'm, but if, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. You know, uh, I know traditionally this podcast has been a little bit on the negative side of Forge World, understandably so. The the skyrocket of prices, the lack of fact drops with the fact cakes never been addressed. But I gotta, I gotta, I gotta give credit where credit is due because I'm a man of my word, and you know, at the end of the day, a man is only what he's what he word and what he stand for is his character, and. They weren't lying when they when they said about a year and a half ago that heresy is not dead because like between uh, all the posts for on Warhammer community with Road to Thromus, which I was looking at all the dates, it's about once a month they pump out a Road to Thromus update. Uh, every Friday now we're getting a new unit, a new model drop, and they're they're throwing the rules into it, and we're gonna get to that later on, but. I, I gotta give it up to Forge World. Like this is some, this is some pretty top notch, uh, you know, community engagement that they're doing. And yeah, the 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 prices you, you're you're paying a lot of shekels. Um, yeah, the the Games Workshop is still there. Yeah, definitely. Um, but you can see Forge World trying to kind of meet us in the middle. Yeah, exactly. And uh, today, when I was when we were getting ready for this episode, and and I was going over the rules of the new units. To be honest, I didn't really care about the Acastus Knight Asterius. I didn't. I didn't really care about the the Knight Morax. Um, we're gonna go over them, but I, I don't really care for them. It, it, it's what it's a, it is what it is. But the the Legion Saber Strike Tank that is a fucking boss ass unit. And when we get into it, I'll, I'll explain why I think it is. But like when I went actually like went deep when I went balls deep, and I went into these rules, I was. I was pleasantly surprised what this little tank can do. Um, not so much with the bombard. I, I think the bombard, when we get into it, has like a certain place for it if you if you apply it if you apply it correctly. Is but, that place um, uh, proxying it as a vindicator? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know that's that's a well. I mean, it, well, we'll get there. The, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, because at the end of the day, it is sort of the same thing as a, as a Vindicator. Um, but we'll, we'll get to it later. But but that's my take on it. So at the end of the day, I, 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 I give credit where credit's due. Forge World, Games Workshop, they've been doing a good job. Uh, they've been doing an absolute good job. And even with the Road of Thromas series in, it, in, in itself, like... Uh, re- like telling you straight up that uh, and and laying out the the night lords new unique right of war the cross of the bone explaining the uh the Nustrama chain blades uh releasing pictures of the models and what their name and and a hint to the rules and then like a month later those model those exact models being up on pre-order with their rules as a digital download it, it, it's just i'm a little bit shocked I don't know. What do you think, Derek? I mean, it's definitely a change from what we've seen in the past. And like I said, when we get into it, we'll go more into uh, kind of how they've been with their their SOPs as far as these new releases go. And I think it's a welcome breath of fresh air. Because you can see a new unit drop at any point. Like, yeah. once a month, just bam, new unit. A new vehicle that any Space Marine can take. Yep. 
you can go pre-order it, or you know, if you're lucky, you can find somebody who throws it up on Thingiverse. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was about a week, like less than a week before I saw a uh, bootleg saber on Thingiverse. I'm like, y'all need yeah. to calm down, but yeah. give me that download though. Yeah, you know, give me that download. Like, I'll 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 splice that bad bitch up and print it on my anti-cubic photon. I won't even put it on the fucking Ender Three. Just I'll I'll just fucking part it out and I'll print it. But, you know, but that's yeah, that's that's what's what's weird now is like um, now anybody has the capability to uh, take this IP product and print it themselves, which is neat. Um, and, and I don't know. It's it's crazy. It, it, we live in a like technology has gotten to the point now where we very we live in a very interesting time frame when it comes to the world of hobbying, and it's not just isolated to Warhammer. It's like anything. You can. This is going into a completely side topic, and I'll make it short. But like, you can literally go on Yegi.com and search for anything you want to print and print it. Oh yeah, and especially if you've got the the capability of casting stuff up in your garage. Oh, like you yeah. have a pressure pot and a vacuum pot, oh, sky's yeah. the limit. Yeah, like there's people right now making money just casting stuff from their garage. Exactly, making garage kits. Yeah, so uh, I know we gotten off the beaten path, but uh, so so Derek, what's your uh, what's your what's your hobby progress you got going on? What are we what are we what are we talking about? What's <laughs> the what's the hotness for the D Rock? All right, so right now I'm excited to say this. Uh, if I was to ask you to guess what game I've been playing a whole bunch lately, you probably would be saying, you know, Heresy. And I've been playing a little bit of Heresy. Uh, we got we got a bit All of right. an Escalation League coming up. We're going to try to do again. But uh, lately, uh, local local happenings around the shop, my friendly local, it's been Blood Bowl, man. Holy shit. The fucking Good Blood, old Bowl Blood Bowl bug has been doing some biting around Victoria. Hell yeah. That's what I'm talking about, brother. You know what? <laughs> That's a complete 180 of uh, our last conversation on Blood Bowl. Um, oh my god. Uh speaking of complete 180, <laughs> did do you remember when you were a child like I was? Did you ever see the movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger called The Last Action Hero? It was literally <laughs> like it was like a it was a meme before its generation. Like it was specifically a movie pumped out to make fun of Arnold Schwarzenegger. And the 80s craze of action movies. Do you it remember is, that one? It's crazy how down he was for that. Where it's oh, basically yeah. making fun of his career. Like they go into a blockbuster. And I don't know if people remember blockbuster. But like there's a cardboard cutout of Sylvester Stallone. And he's <laughs> starring in the movie The Terminator. And Arnold Schwarzenegger looks at it. And he's like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> but you remember that movie, right? Oh, yeah. I can't forget that movie, man. Yeah, remember, uh, remember, like the the fat Italian old like mob boss, and he gets like double crossed by the guy with the fake glass eye, and he's like, "Oh, you pulled a uh, a three sixty on me," and he's like, "No, you idiot! It's a one eighty! God damn it, a one eighty! If it was a three sixty, I would pull the gun on you, and I'd be facing the opposite direction." And then he shoots him right in the chest. Hell yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's what you just did with Blood Bowl. Well, no, so the last time we talked about Blood Bowl, I don't know if you remember, but it was uh, we were hanging out at Ryan's place before camp last year. And I don't know if it was Zach talking about trying to get people and play 
what was it axis and allies <laughs> i was like i know how you feel man i've been trying to get people in a blood bowl for like a year and a half now <laughs> and you just threw your head back and laughed and said and i quote blood bowl what a useless fucking game <laughs> i i did say that I wanted to lie. be offended, but what was I going to argue with? Like, I'm not. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> I, well, I mean, I had well, no. Hold I had on. No hold on. I had. I had it, it, the follow up. There's. There's an important piece here. The follow up, and it's because it's not like I said, "Fuck you, but bowl, blood bowl is stupid. You should stick you to heresy." You didn't say that. It's because I actually played blood bowl. I play. I gave it a shot. Like, I, I'm not shitting you. Uh, when I was back in North Carolina, uh, my buddy Ron, he was very big into Blood Bowl. And he was like, give it a shot. And I was like, I got nothing to lose. Let me give it a shot. And I thought it was the most stupid fucking game ever. I'm sorry. I, I just did not like it. I, I didn't. I didn't. And, and that's, that's it. Yeah, sometimes that's you try to get into a game. Sometimes you bounce right off of but, it. There, I can I can still express my opinion about the game, but give you props because you're 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 being a man. You're sticking to your guns, and you're like, you know what? Fuck you, Vince. I like Blood Bowl. I'm gonna keep playing it, and I'm gonna get the rest of these big dick swinging motherfuckers around me to play Blood Bowl. And that's exactly what you did, my friend. And that's why I'm giving <laughs> you props. I mean, I I didn't. I'm not the one who like got everybody playing Blood Bowl, and so I'm a little bit salty about that. But yeah, fuck it, I get to play Blood Bowl now. Well, you know what? I'm gonna tell everybody that you started it. <laughs> like, who 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 started it? Uh, yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> that's there you how go. that that's how we solved that one. And done and done. Because you know what? Does that does that guy have a podcast about Blood Bowl? I don't think he does. Well, does he have a podcast about heresy? He definitely doesn't. Does he have a podcast about tabletop gaming? Uh, Actually, no. No, he doesn't. Well, then he can just righteously go fuck himself because you started Blood Bowl in Victoria, <laughs> Texas. Congratulations, Derek. You brought the craze to you. Hell yeah. It fact, took like two years, but we finally got there, baby. Facts. Started if, from the uh, bottom. If fucking Forge World is listening right now as they do their shadow listening because they don't want to admit that they listen to all these podcasts, um, you, like let's get Derek a sponsorship. Like send him send him some swag, give him some Blood Bowl swag. He hashtag not sponsored, but totally could be sponsored. Exactly. Like send him a jersey. Like hashtag jersey for Derek. That's, yeah, get, just just a jersey. It's all I'm asking for. Just you know what? One. That's what I'm. Any any listeners out there that do play Blood Bowl and enjoy it. If you're planning on ordering any of the new models that I saw popped up for Blood Bowl, in the little comment section when you go to place your order, say hashtag <laughs> Jersey for Derek. And Derek, what's your favorite number? What do you want your number to be? Oh, that's a tough call. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and say a nice, fair, even 69. There, I was going to say any other number? If you if you fucking said like any other number, I was gonna be like, well, no, go fuck yourself. It's sixty nine. <laughs> so there you go. Hashtag Jersey for Derek sixty nine. And then whenever you play Blood Bowl, starting quarterback number sixty nine, Derek. And that's what's gonna be. That's and then he's just gonna 
He can he can throw a football clear over those mountains over there. You just you just don't know yet. You don't even know. You don't even know. But go ahead, keep keep going on with your progress. So you're into the Blood Bowl. So, so like, Blood Bowl, right? So so uh, what what team do you play as? So the team I've been getting ready for this upcoming league that they're looking to start uh, is going to be Wood Elves, and you may boo the podcast right now. I'll give you a brief moment. All right, thank you. Uh, yeah, so Wood Elves, very good at playing football. Not very good at playing the blood part of Blood Bowl. <laughs> and therein lies the challenge that I'm imposing upon myself. As far as their play style goes, they're really fast, really good at ball handling. Again, I'll give you a moment for your jokes. There we go. So if anybody's ever seen the movie Basketball, <laughs> Elves and Blood Bowl are the equivalent to the San Francisco team. And I'll let you guys look that up if you if you don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, go, but once go do you a do, little bit of research. Once you do, then you'll realize what type of team the elves are in Blood Bowl. Yeah. Wood elves specifically have a very low armor value and a very high cost. So I can very easily go into a game, win, and my team value just goes hard negative. Because I just lost, you know, 200,000 gold pieces worth of players. And I oof. won like 50,000 gold. That's Go getting me. a hashtag big oof from me, bud. But yeah, so that's the risk of it, man. Uh, you are going to have players who are just going to be a big, annoying piece of shit for your opponent. Because they're just going to like walk around their their whole the whole line of scrimmage. They're just going to walk right around it, pick the ball up, and just walk it in. And there's nothing anybody can do about it. But then you go back to the kickoff. You go back to the line of scrimmage. And then everybody starts to remember, oh, hey, that guy's a problem. And then that guy gets uh, pushed into the ground. And they put a little gravestone up for him. And then I just, you know, have to draft another 100,000 gold, like, player. I, You know what? It, it's funny to me that... Like they had like Forge Worlds Games Workshop actually has Blood Bowl because like they're based in the UK. They don't have they, they play like football to them is soccer. And then they come out with Blood Bowl. I don't know, it's just always been it's always been funny to me. It's like a it's like an oxymoron almost. Yeah, and Blood Bowl plays a lot more like rugby. Mm-hmm. Like the play doesn't end until somebody scores or the halftime's called. Yeah. And I and I, I remember like when I played Blood Bowl, like there wasn't it wasn't really beneficial to throw the ball. I mean, it is if you're good at throwing and good at catching, but so much can go wrong. Like when I describe Blood Bowl to people, I tell them it's Mario Party Madden. That's a, that's a that's a fucking great analogy right there. That's like, that's fucking golden. Hell yeah. Like, uh, my star player on my team is my war dancer. So anybody familiar with, you know, the Warhammer Fantasy old world wood elves, they have these guys called war dancers who just jump around all nimbly pimbly from tree to tree. And uh, so, yeah, they very much do that in Blood Bowl. But anytime they jump, that could theoretically end with them literally dying. There you go, Tim. If you're listening, Tim, from Eye of Horus, there you go. We're throwing in a little bit of the old world in there. 
So I know your 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 boner in Australia. I know it's pointing up, but to us it's pointing <laughs> down. So, but there you go. We did it. We got a little yeah, bit they, of the old world in there. They said they're bringing the old world back. They're just throwing a football in it. You know, they're just like that. Uh, they're just like in fucking Clerks too. They're bringing it back. <laughs> <laughs> just bringing it back, baby. Like, there's a guy in Games Workshop right now, and he's got Warhammer Fantasy and shitty electrical tape written on the back of his shirt. And he's like, we're bringing it back. And everybody's like, you know, that's really racist. That's <laughs> <laughs> just, just a little bit. What? My, my, my grandfather used to say it all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, your grandfather was racist. <laughs> But yeah, like the last game I played, uh, I lost because it was my last last drive. I had I'd received the kickoff. I had possession. It was like a pretty easy one and done. I'm gonna run this in. I've already murdered half this dude's line. There's nothing he can do to stop me. But before the play starts, fans stormed onto the field and kicked the shit out of half my team. Oh my god! And then boom, I just that was gonna be a slam dunk. I lost the ball. I was right next to my own end zone. He just runs his rats up, grab it, boom, done. Jesus Christ. And Travesty. You can't be mad when that happens because it's fucking Blood Bowl, baby. It's Blood Bowl. Anything can happen in Blood Bowl. Anything can, can fucking involved. happen. Anything can happen, you know what I mean? And you that's, what I, like, that's what I like about it. Well, like, I'm you not, know what? I'm, I'm not here to play a serious game and have, like, super hard tactics and, like, make most the optimal plays and, you know, show off my superior skill. If I wanted to do that, I wouldn't be playing fucking Blood Bowl. Yeah, you know, I like to think, like, uh, if if we did, like, the world of Warhammer and viewing it in the eyes of the Olympics, right? So you got, like, you got heresy. That's, like, your, uh, your Olympic decathlon. Your, uh, you got, so you got your Bruce Jenner out there doing the whole thing. Peak athletic performance, right? And then you got Blood Bowl, which is like the bowling version in the Olympics. Yeah. So it's, it's Olympic a, bowling. It's it's a, like it's crazy to think you can be an you can be an Olympic level level athlete in a sport where you can drink beer and eat nachos at the same time and win a gold medal. If that's like, not that's a gentleman's sport, I don't know what is. Exactly. So, uh, are we are 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 you going to throw up pics of like your Blood Bowl team up on the uh, Facebook or what? Like I told you, we need to do it. We need to see it. Yeah, I need to. I'm. It's not progressing as fast as I'd liked. I'd originally converted my guys up from some old Glade Guard back before they, you know, threw that in the Warhammer Disney Vault, and. Uh, Picked up a bottle, a box of those, and converted some of those guys into eh, subpar Blood Bowl team looking guys. Like, and then they put out the actual Wood Elf kit, and I'm like, oh well, fuck. And so I'm kind of trying to splice them together a little bit. It's just been a headache to pull off because they're different scales, and it's it's just not matching up the way I wanted it to. I have been painting up the orcs and humans from the starter box, hmm. just so you know, people who don't have teams don't want to buy teams because like I'm not gonna buy fucking Blood Bowl. You know, that whole mentality. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I was just going to have this around just to have, like, 
like maybe like just leave it at the friendly local game store so people like have dice because you use special dice have the like the passing range ruler thing because that doesn't use inches just so that you know they can have it handy people who want to like try it to say they tried it so that when they're like yeah i'm not playing that they can at least say that they tried yeah so oh my god like, on, uh, you, should, on these you, should, you should absolutely like we should hit up tim from eye of horus since now he he's got eye of horus which covers the horus heresy he's got gangbang which covers necromunda he's got engine kill that car that covers adeptus titanicus and now, and then he's got the Electric Counts, which covers fantasy. And now he's got, um, what's the fucking new one he's got? Oh, I'd what's, have to look it up. What's the game? He's, he's all he's all over the place. He's got his bases covered. Yeah, he's got all of his bases covered. What's the? I can't believe it's drawing a blank. Or maybe I did say all of them. Engine what's kill. The, engine kill. Eye of Horus. Uh. Gang bang, Lecter counts, and then there. Oh, the, a Battlefleet Heresy. He's starting that up too. Like they released an episode for the Battlefleet Heresy. You should work oh, with right. him and head up the fucking Blood Bowl one. There we go. And then, and then, like, you, like he'll have literally every single game covered except for forty k. <laughs> no, I'm just gonna just gonna start that one. I'm just gonna squat on it. You can't have it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like copyright it now because like, I'm petty. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> those fucking prison colonists aren't gonna take this one. <laughs> We're gonna fucking do it because you know why? Because it's fucking football. It's not rugby. It's fucking football, baby. Because blood bowls for the boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, good thing they probably don't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, man. But yeah, other than Blood Bowl, I've been uh, kind of workshopping what I want to do for the new Heresy Escalation League they're trying to start in town. Ooh, elaborate more on that. What do we got going on? What's, uh, what's the starting point? So I've been going back and I've been reading some of the old black books, like uh, book one and book two. Mm-hmm. Book one has some wild ass shit in it. I, like, yeah. it, I didn't like I didn't even realize until I went back and looked that. There's rules for you just opening up a building, looking inside, and oh fuck, there's an unexploded virus bomb in there. <laughs> so I've been trying to think, like, do I want to do uh, a uh, Istvan three, like loyalist world eaters or something like that, or I was probably gonna do something Istvan five, like maybe Istvan five loyalist, because I've got my night lords, and what you, what those guys are down the party. What are you thinking loyalists, though? What do we got? So I was kind of thinking of some Raven Guard. Oh, you know, it's funny. Me and Scott were talking the other day. Oh, were Yeah, yeah. And he was like, man, what's what's underrated? Because I want to start a new project. And I told him, I think the most underrated Legion right now in the community is Raven Guard. I, I really, I very rarely see Raven Guard played at any events I go to. Even even like when I was going to a lot of heresy events a couple years ago and playing and regularly playing heresy like every Saturday, I, I very rarely saw Raven Guard. And I told him like you, you probably look into them. 
yeah, that's that's kind of what I was thinking. Also, I've got some like very old, like some of the older plastic 40k Space Marine kits, where they give you a little bit of Mark Six stuff. Okay. Like, like for a squad of ten guys, you might get you know two, maybe three of the beaky helmets, and then maybe some of the Mark Six uh, legs where they have the greaves, like the mm-hmm. the pointy knees instead of the knee pads. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking I could go back and grab some of that and then mix it with some of the Mark IV arms and just have some like super cheap, like legacy models and just kind of kickstart my basic Marines that way versus going out and, you know, buying all the upgrade kits from all the different bit sellers or picking up, you know, squads of Mark VI guys from Forge World or whatever. Like just. Just hitting up, like, hey, do you have any old Space Marines? Can I, like, dig through your bits for the old, like, Mark Six helmets that nobody used because nobody liked Mark Six? Yeah, do you want some? I got some old bits. Yeah, I mean, I've got enough to kind of get my basic troop started and got some other stuff that some people were just not using. It's like, oh, yeah, here's some old, like, Raven Guard kill team and stuff like that. But oh, yeah. uh, I'll go through, kind of figure out where I'm trying to go with that because I still don't know how I would build it. Hmm. Like I kind of dig the liberation what, force. What kind of works? Uh, what, that... So, like, what's this? What's the starting pointage for the Escalation League? And what what are you allowed to build? And what are you allowed to have? Uh, I'm not sure. They're trying to. They're finishing up a kill team league, and then Blood Bowl is going to start. And so I think Heresy is going to start sometime after that. So I've got some time to figure it out. Uh, if they do it like we did the past one we did last year. It'll probably start at about 500, and then every month we'll add about 500 more. Okay. So we'll just do like small games of like Zomortalis, what, and then what go I, into actual. What I will say is, if they if they do another kill team league, you should absolutely join it. Um, I played uh, I I I play a little bit of Eighth Edition and Kill Team, and when I played Kill Team, I was pleasantly surprised. It was it was really fun, like. And I and I know Michael got into it too, and he and he said it was fun. Like it, it's pretty good. It, it, it's a fun little it's a fun little game to play. Yeah, I tried to get into it. I played a game of it, and uh, I got towed. I got towed <laughs> hard. <laughs> like I sit there, and they teach me all the rules. Where it's like, okay, so you know the guy gets to shoot whoever he wants. You can't really pick out. Or you can't, you know, there's no squads. This guy just shoots that guy. And then, you know, you roll whatever, and then you see if he gets just a flesh wound or if he dies. And uh, so I go and I'm playing like a, we did like a four, four man free for all. A buddy of mine was getting into it too. Like he's kind of getting into 40K. And so I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, we play some kill team. So we, we did, it was me, I was playing Chaos. I just used some of my Heresy Nightlord guys as a Chaos kill team. He had some old Black Legion models that he picked up from Buddy Secondhand. And then there was somebody playing the the Imperial Guard, but better. I forget what they're called. The Not Astra Militarum, but the, the step up above that. And then there was somebody playing Tau. And man, I just got devastated, like... I had a a tower uh, stealth suit with a shield drone and a gun drone just pop up behind my line and immediately ice my leader with a mel- um, basically a multi melta, and then I had their demolitions guy 
he got a bonus to hit or like a bonus to wound if I was behind cover. And then because he had a recon drone, like he ignored my bonus to cover. So the fact that I was in cover was just a penalty to me, basically. And I forget what mission we're playing. We're playing the it was a mission where whoever got the most kills in the first turn got like a they were like the leader. Okay. And then whoever killed that guy, that model became the leader. And whoever controlled the leader model at the end of the game got a bunch of points. Okay. So, like I said, that stealth suit just ran right up my ass. Iced my leader <laughs> with a multi-melta. My other, like, the rest of my kill team just turns and, like, tries to take this dude out. And none of them can do it. It's like, okay, well, I'll shoot him. Okay, well, I'll take the wound on the drone. Because, you know, we just ignore the kill team rules for wound allocation. My got my sniper over here in this other tower is going to ignore your cover. We're just going to ignore that rule. And actually, you're in cover, so you get a pl- he gets a plus one to wound you. And man, I got wiped the fuck out. And I'm just like, man, <laughs> I- I'm glad I tanked all the towels so my buddy could have fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I get like his kill team was kind of not meant to play newer players. Like, he didn't know that I was going to be there, and that was the kill team we kind of had ready. Because that's they, they some people who were getting a little competitive with it. Yeah. And uh, the other guy who was playing, like I said, I forget what they're called. They're the Astro Militarum, but better. The the the, the Stormtroopers, or now they're yeah, called the, the, the Scions. Castor, the Scions Tempestus, there we yep. go. Like, yeah, if the two of them had, had like, duked it out, it probably would have been even. And I think the, the Scions player ended up taking it, just because he killed a couple of my, or he killed a couple more guys in the one turn and then he was just kind of like already turtled up and so the guy's like okay well i'm just gonna run my shadow suit over there i'm like you're not just gonna ignore the rest of my kill team my, my whole kill like i'm still kind of <laughs> salty that i don't get any command points now because you just iced my leader turn one <laughs> and yeah like i, I kind of turned into the salt as far as that goes like i let myself be salty and i probably shouldn't have but no, you know, sometimes you got to be salty because then it motivates you. It drives you. Yeah, I was like, would anybody think me like, would anybody think I was a punk if I just switched from Chaos to Ordo Xenos? Just Death Watch? It's like, oh, oh yeah, right. a- Aliens punked this dude so hard he had to switch to Alien Hunters. Hell yeah. <laughs> dude, it, 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 dude, narratively speaking, if you want to throw it in there, if a little fluff, it's like, hey, dudes, I just got my ass waxed. Uh, we need the Ordo Xenos up in this bitch. And then they just deep strike in. And then they just clean up the fucking place. Yeah, they'd explain to me what the grenade council was. And I'm like, that's fucking stupid. Where can I get them? <laughs> well, no, because the whole, the whole time I was playing Kill Team, I'm like, man, I would kill for a fucking heavy flamer right now. A heavy flamer sounds like it'd be doing God's work all up this table. But none of my space marines can take it. Oh, well. Then I start looking at the Death Watch, and I'm like, oh, they can take the Heavy Combi Flamer, which is a heavy bolter with a heavy flamer attached to it. That is straight up big dick energy right there. (laughs) Like a a, a Combi Heavy Bolter Heavy Flamer is just straight up dopeness. Especially because, for those of you not familiar with 8th Edition, if you have a weapon that is two weapons, like a Combi weapon, you can say fuck it and blast both them hoes. Oh, yeah. Just a minus one to your shooting. That's all it is. Yeah, but who cares? I've got a flamer. Exactly. <laughs> like, how is that not the best gun in Kill Team? 
And apparently the grenade launcher that Death Watch did is just better. Nice. But you yeah. know what? Fuck it. I like flamers. There I like you heavy go. Flamers. If, 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 you know, crazy some bitch is going to bring a multi-melta to a game <laughs> where you cannot bring tanks. <laughs> like, what is it? The, the fusion blaster or whatever the Tau call it? But it's a multi-melta. Come on. Yeah. His sniper, it was... He needed twos to wound my guys. It was basically a las cannon. Mm. Like I'm not gonna be the dick if I bring a heavy flamer to the party. Especially, especially that, and plus the shield drones. That's fucking cheesy as fuck. Yeah, it's like I, I'm okay with the fact that it can identify a bullet and dive in front of it in time. But the fact that you can take flesh wounds on a thing that has no flesh. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Come on. Yeah. Phil, I, I understand the pain, my man. But yeah, after that, I, I, I was kind of not expecting to get into it anyway. So I, I I didn't give it a fair shot, I'll have to say. And that's that's right. more on me. It's more it's my fault I didn't have fun. Hey, you know what? That's just like me and Blood Bowl, man. No harm, go. no no harm, no foul. Literally, no foul. You know what I mean? <laughs> there. Yeah. But yeah, so that I tried kill team. Uh we had a big ass mega battle I need to post picks from. They did a eighth edition, like big blam style event where they pushed all the tables in the shop together. So I guess the secret's out. Uh I have a Nemesis Pattern Warbringer. Whoa. That I brought to the party. And so Cody brought his uh he brought like his Reaver. Uh, he brought a Warhound that ended up going to the other side. He just kind of brought it so somebody else, so he could just have enough Titans for everybody to play. Yeah. And then he had his War, his Warlord. And I don't know what deals he had to make to get the two biggest Titans in the game on the same team. But it was just like my Warbringer and his Warlord against the fucking world. And I gotta say. I'm a big fan of the Warbringer. That thing is a problem. <laughs> like, I was crushing some Tau bug, like the, the big-ass Tau Bio-Titans from across the room. They're like, what's the fucking range on that thing? I'm like, that's eh, about 40 feet. I could have left it in my car. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not even going to bring these uh, these models out of my car. I'll just play out of my car. It'll reach. Yeah, the problem was they. I kept being a problem, so they kept diverting resources to solving the problem and i kept dealing with it <laughs> so almost a full third of the team's points were like from my my one model i brought <laughs> hey the, the d-rock train has no brakes well so there's a rule in uh 40k call what was it the apocalypse or the titan weapons yeah so if, if any if there if you have so in 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 fourth in fourth uh, I'm sorry in eighth edition 40k everything is a every single unit has certain keywords so a titan has the word titanic keyword to it so certain weapons on titans it'll say if you're shooting another unit that has the titanic keyword it affects them in this certain way yeah, it's not primary weapon but it's something similar I forget what it's called. Yeah, I, I I know what you're saying, though. Anyway, so one of the stipulations on that rule is it deals double damage to Titanic, Gargantuan, and buildings. 
Yep. And you also are not allowed to fire it as Overwatch? Yep. Well, they informed me that they were ignoring that rule because otherwise your Titan is going to get blasted off turn one by the other Titan. And so one side just doesn't get Titans. Yeah. And I'm like, makes sense. I understand that. I understand it's cool that we have Titans around. Titans are going to fight the Titans. So the people with like the less than Titanic things get to, you know. Oh, so you, wanna... so you guys played an 8th edition 40k game not using the apocalypse rules, but just at the apocalyptic scale. Yes, it was yeah, it was okay. not using the actual apocalypse rules. It was using the 8th edition 40k rules. Gotcha. So because they were ignoring the rule that's, you know, the the Titan weapon rule where it doesn't deal double damage. Uh so th- like five Titans come out and just walk on the board close to where mine is because I was kind of yeah. set up. We'd kind we'd set up all the tables kind of like a big like two W's put together. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So instead of it being one big line, it was kind of zigzagging. Yeah. So I kind of walked off like into the middle, kind of like like in the. I don't know how to describe it. Kind of like where my board ed- like our board edge and their board edges were closer together at that specific p- spot. Okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about, yeah. So, I walk on, you know, drop my Reaver Titan weapons, drop the Quake Cannon, you know, be a big fucking problem. <laughs> so they walk on a an Orc Stompa, a Chaos Knight Despoiler, I think. I forget what it's called. A Kaitan Demon Engine, and yep. some Eldar Dark Reapers to, like, take care of this fucking problem. I tank all. I take a little bit of shooting from like the orc thing. Everything else was close combat based, and the Stompa goes to charge me, and I'm like, okay, well, there goes my Titan, and then they run up. He's like, no, 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 you can fire Overwatch. Yep, I'm because like, it has the Titanic keyword or gargantuan I'm like, keyword. I'm yeah. like, okay, so I'm gonna shoot the titty guns at it. What, what, what's that gonna do? And they're like, no, 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 we're ignoring the rule where you cannot Overwatch. With your Titan weapons. That's the same rule where it deals double damage. We're just ignoring that whole rule. I'm like, are you sure? Because that's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) They say, no, man, go for it. It'll be fun. And uh, I got to say, it was a lot of fun. The Volcano Cannon, you get D6 shots. Roll that bitch. Six shots, baby. So, fire an Overwatch. I need sixes. Oh, hey, look at that. I got three sixes. Pop, pop, pop. 12 damage each. Next up is the spool up of the old Reaver Gatling cannon. Get six shots. Oh, hey, look, three sixes. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah, I for think... those of you who have not played uh, Eighth Edition yet, um, it's it's very it, Overwatch is similar to Heresy, where um, yeah, you, if you're you charged and you de- and you and you defeat the unit that's charging you, the next unit you can shoot Overwatch again. Yes, you are not limited to overwatching once per turn in 8th edition. So, yeah, the Stompa, it took every single one of the guns on it, but I took down that Stompa before it could charge. I said, all right, well, the next one's going to kill me. And then they proceeded to inform me, no, 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 you're allowed to overwatch as many times as you'd like in the turn. Until you're finally engaged. I'm like, oh, that's dumb. Baby boy, that's what I'm talking (laughs) about. (laughs) <laughs> so the knight goes to charge I'm like all right well let's just go ahead and start it off with big chungus uh mm. i get d6 shots from my volcano cannon oh look at that i got another six <laughs> all right i roll my six shots oh hey look i got three hits mm. 
strength 25. What do I need? Twos to wound? All right. (laughs) (laughs) So I blow the knight off the table. Then the Kaitan demon engine goes to charge. Oh, look at that. I get six more shots with my (laughs) volcano cannon. Christ. I got three more sixes. I said, who's next? (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. Uh, A couple people were salty. And so uh, after the game, I made sure to pack up real quick. So nobody caught me in the parking lot. Yeah, but at that point, like, your dick was so big, you could wheel it like a baseball bat and just fucking whack him. I was like, look, don't blame me, all right? I didn't think they would let this rule thing slide. And as a matter of fact, this is the exact reason why this rule exists. Yeah, This is why you're not allowed to overwatch with a fucking volcano cannon. Don't blame me. Blame your mother. She's the one that (laughs) bore you. Not me, all right? This is how you decide to live your life. This is how I'm going to live my life. So go fuck yourself. I mean, in a nutshell, like, like that's not exactly what I said, but that's basically what I said. All right. So, what's your? So, I know you you tossed in the the escalation league in there, but what's your what's what's your primary hashtag New Year New Me? What do you what do you what do you really want to get accomplished this year, hobby wise? Ooh, hobby wise. So, I, part of me is wanting to build a table. I don't really have like the proper workspace to do that at the moment. It'd be really cool if by the end of the year I can like actually get a table put together. But I think for right now, I just kind of want to like, like finish the like finishing touches, like polish off the like hundred projects I've got right now. Like my Night Lords, all my infantry, I I'm comfortable saying my Night Lords infantry are done, but the flyers need work. Mm. The, I've gotten a lot better at airbrushing since I did my uh, Dread Claws and my Lightning, my Fire yeah. Raptor, and I'm doing them a disservice by not redoing them my space wolves i've got a bunch of tanks and i've been saying for probably about two years now that i was going to get those tanks put together <laughs> <laughs> well because i've got an orbital assault space wolves army and it's like just swap out the yeah. drop pods for rhinos i've got all the rhinos i've got a land raider i've got a spartan all i have to do is do it you know mm-hmm. but i keep getting distracted by like blood bowl and other shit fucking blood bowl man but yeah, like I really want to sit down and like polish off everything so that I can put them in like a, a case, pour a bunch of acrylic in there and just seal them and call them done. Uh, I tell you what, Derek, I can help number the number one. Uh, I can accomplish that one for you. Oh, really? So, yeah. So the table, right? So yeah. I moved. Uh, I was living in a house in North Carolina and I moved down here to Florida into an apartment. I have a custom built gaming table that I don't use. And if you want it, you can have it. That is dope as fuck. All you would have to do is figure out how to ship a table and pay for it. And it's yours. I will keep that in mind. So it's, uh, I'll give you a heads up. It's a, uh, what I did was I went to the thrift store and I bought a, basically a picnic table but it's smaller than a picnic table i took a piece of so if like uh, let me see a normal gaming table is a six by four right yeah so i bought a piece of plywood pretty thick plywood and it's plus two inches on uh, plus an inch on each side so it's actually an eight by four 
And then what I did was I took uh, one by four uh, planks of wood and I made a gaming grid that made it six by four. So it's a table that has a dice guard. There you go. And then on each end, there's a foot of space on each end for you to place your army for like deep strike, reserves, casualties, what have you, right? Throw your books on there, put your drink up there. Well, no, I have a special section for that as well. Oh, word? Yep. But on each end, I did something neat. What I did was on one end, I printed it out. I, I did a nice little thing in Photoshop. It says traders, and it has a picture of all the trader Primarchs and a couple of the trader characters I thought was cool, like Karn and shit like that. And then I put a bar topper, like glossy bar topper on top of the photos so it doesn't mess with it. So oh, yeah. in addition to not messing with the photos, you could put your drinks on there. It's not going to mess it up. And then on the opposite end, it says loyalists and has a picture of all the loyalist Primarchs. And then on each side, so on each four-foot side of the table, I implemented uh, two sliding drawers where you can put your dice and your uh, your books on. And they can easily, so just so you can maneuver the table easily, you could push the drawers in so you could roll your dice, move your army, pull them back out to have access to your books and your dice. I'm not going to lie. That sounds like the Cadillac of gaming tables. It's not that great, but it works. You I'm going to continue mean? calling it the Cadillac of gaming tables. So what I'm telling you is if you uh, if you look up on how to ship something like this and pay for the shipping, it's yours, my friend. Hell yeah. Uh, as soon as I get the room for something like that, I will go ahead and hit you up. Yeah, because right now it's just leaning up against my wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right now it's just holding the wall up. No big deal. Yep. That's all I was doing. <laughs> but yeah, man, I appreciate that. I appreciate you trying to facilitate cool shit like that. No problem, buddy. But yeah, got that going up. Uh, right now, actually, I'm putting some of the uh, the decals I got on my orcs that came from the Blood Bowl starter. Oof, nice. Yeah, just that, just that little bit just makes the mini pop, I gotta say. Mm. And like I said, I was trying to get the orcs and the humans from that box done up and then just like leave it at the local shop. Maybe see if I can't swing a deal where I like just trade it for a bunch of store credit or something. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Yeah, that finished converting up my wood elves the way I like them. I'm just not sure how I like them yet. And then I'll be in pretty good shape and start, start up this Blood Bowl League, get some regular gaming in. I think this weekend I'm supposed to get in a game of Heresy. Ooh, nice. Yeah, one of the local guys is starting up Word Bearers, so I'm going to dust off the old Space Wolves and get something going. Oh, man. Does he have Galvor back? Fuck yeah, he's got Galvor back. Oh, hell yeah. No, I've never played against World Eater or Word Bearers, so it's going to be a learning experience for the both of us. Uh, I have a, a tremendous experience playing against world, word bearers, and I would have to say, um, bring sisters. Well, no, you don't even need that. Like, um, <laughs> so uh, a, a couple months ago, I posted on our page like my buddy selling his word bearers army, and uh, that army. Not only did I paint it for him, 
I also like played against it religiously. And I would have to say, out of all the legions to play against, I found the word bearers the most fun. Really? Yes, because like there's. Uh, well, first off, I think the word bearers as a legion is just an, a, a cool fucking legion, and their rules, I think they're fucking cool. Um, I, I forget what right of war it is, uh, or I think, or it might be just part of just their legion of Stardust word bear rules. But uh, where they get where they roll um, on that one table, and it decides like if they get zealot or the demon special rule. Oh, dark channeling. Yeah, yeah. They roll on the table for dark channeling, and like each unit, you roll to see like what dark channeling they get, and like you can get zealot, you can get demons, uh, you can get a, like a couple other buffs that I forget. But it's just pretty neat, and it. Like the most fun I had playing Heresy was against Word Bear armies, and I hope Ezra from Canada is listening now because he gets pissed <laughs> because uh, at the first War Games camp I absolutely fucking demolished his Word Bearers in Z- Zone Mortalis. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, man, I'm excited. So, what about you? What have you been working on? What you bit? been uh hobbying up oh man i hope there i hope everybody that listens to bot gt is listening now and i know aj's gonna listen to this i know john's gonna listen to this i know Taylor's gonna listen to this but hey i'm guys, getting ready i'm getting ready for my fucking pilgrimage back to fucking canada america's hat in june for their heresy event the 12th the, the 12th inaugural the big d event in june so the event is a two-day event. It's uh, unlike last year. It's not a teams event. So last year it was me and Kurt and team BDE. Uh, yeah, team BDE. Uh, and this year it's a singles event. The first day is a three thousand point frontline uh, army list build. The second day is a two thousand point uh, Chondax list build and uh, slash Centurion, but. To build your army list, they're, they're, you're going with the Chondax rules, not the Centurion rules. So, last year, I was uh, my favorite trader legion, the Thousand Suns. This year, I'm my favorite loyalist legion, the Dark Angels, the Mighty First. And so, uh, my 3,000 point list, I have no shame. And I'll be honest with everybody, so you guys can just prepare. I'm bringing the Ravenwing protocol, jet bikes galore, with some javelin land speeders, and I'm just gonna just, I'm just gonna unzip my pants. I'm gonna throw my dick right on the table, and I'll be like, "Come at me!" And I'm just gonna go to town. Three thousand so, points uh, of Ravenwing. Those jet bikes and those javelins. What are they gonna be doing? They're gonna be like jinking or Derek. <laughs> Derek. What is my golden rule about jinking? Would you like to uh, inform our listeners who may not be aware? Jinking is for pussies. You don't need to jink, all right? If you're in a situation where you need to jink, guess what, bud? You're in the wrong fucking situation, and you put yourself there, okay? You don't need to jink. Jinking's for pussies. So I'm telling everybody right now, when I go to this event and I play my Ravenwing Protocol list... On the first day, 
I will not jank whatsoever. Hashtag jankings for pussies. Hashtag jankings for pussies. Hit up fucking Zach De La Rosa and the Grimm Brothers uh, painting and get that shit inscribed on your your <laughs> beverage choice, like your beverage cup of choice, and roll with it. Because I'm going to go in there. I'm going to have the Ravenwing jet bikes with heavy bolters and molecular acid shells. And I'm just going to fucking rip, 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 rip your underwear straight through that ass crack. And just like bully you like I was bullied in middle school. And it's going to fucking happen. (laughs) But yeah. So with that event coming up, I haven't started on my Ravenwing yet. But what I've been working on is my day two list because I'm prefacing this now so that everybody knows. Uh, Because of the sake of travel from Florida all the way to the western part of Canada in Victoria, B.C., uh, my thought process was I'll just rock all Ravenwing because the Chondax rules allows you to have uh, unlimited amount of jet bike units. Whereas Centurion only says one, but since they said they were going with the Chondax rules, you can have jet bike units. But then I hit up AJ and I was like, hey, would it be pretty shitty of me to rock all jet bikes on day two for the Chondax Centurion? And he was like, yeah. So he's like, maybe just a little bit. Yeah. So a man, a man of my word, I was like, okay, no big deal. And then Forge World decided to be the gracious gods that they are and drop the inner circle, inner, inner circle Knights Cenobium. And that's what I'm rocking on day two. So I'll be rocking 10 of those bad boys. I'm not going to say the layout now. I'm not going to spoil it to everybody, but I'm rocking a, I'm rocking a squad of 10 of those. I'm rocking a squad of 10 of the new Dreadwing Interemptor, uh, Interemptors which both of these units will go over in detail later on in this episode. And then the rest of it's going to be, uh, uh, I'm running a 10 man squad of vets. And then I got a, uh, heavy squad of, uh, heavy bolters with molecular acid shells. And they're going to be backed up by my little friend, the Armistos from book, uh, book eight. And you know, oh, the word? Ar- oh word, you know what the Armistos allows you to do too? Make them all twin linked. Not make them all twin linked. Make them all mastercrafted. Oh, yeah. Mm. I knew it was one of the two. Oh, yeah. So there'll be the Armistos with those 10 bad boys dropping down molecular acid shells. I got the 10 man of vets to roll mm-hmm. in and just clear up. I got the 10 knights and then I got the 10 interrupters with the uh, and then I got a Praetor and two uh, a Praetor, a chaplain and Terminator armor, which I posted up on the uh, RFI Facebook page. And I texted you the other day. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, new hotness. Oh, new hotness. And that's going to be my day two list for the Chondax Centurion portion of it. So, and, 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 and what's really, honestly, what's driving me uh, to build that list is the narrative aspect of it. Like, because it's, it's, it's going to be all Dreadwing, like Dark Angels Dreadwing protocol. And even though they don't have rules for it, it's just pretty sweet to to build up this like what I of all the the, the Dark Angel Heresy books I've read, uh, of all the the information that's been released through the Road to Thromus uh, post by uh, Games Workshop, 
like I'm building building this whole dreadwing. I'm building a dreadwing component um, because the way I look at it is, it's like the Raven Wing on day one is going to get in there fast moving with the javelins and the jet bikes and just tear ass into everybody. And then whatever's left over is the slow moving, just like dreadwing that's there to just like absolutely just kill everything else. Just clean it up. Like rad missiles, rad grenades, phosphex, just all that bullshit. All that dirty bullshit. all, All that dirty bullshit. And you know what? No sweat off my back because that's what the dreadwing does, baby. They just get in there and they use whatever necess- like whatever means necessary to just absolutely kill whatever is in front of them. So I'm, I gotta I'm pretty say, I never thought about running a Dreadwing Armistos. That's pretty badass. I mean, Neither- I'm sure as like a Dark Angels player, you saw that, oh, he only gets a Volkite or a Heavy Bolter. And your, your mind immediately just clicks and goes, you better believe him giving that some bitch acid rounds. Oh, hell yeah. That's exactly what's happening. Um, yeah, so props to Matty Virgin, who's, who I hope listen to this. He's the one that uh, helped me out with that idea. Because at first I was thinking either... Uh, I, I knew I was going to add something to bolster that heavy support squad. And at first I was looking at the Master of Sig- Signals. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Oh, because yeah. it uh, gives them that, that ballistic skill of five for the whole unit with that special cognitive signum that the master signals has and that bombardment. Yeah. But like, I was why like, not? why not pull out something out of book seven? Yeah. It will book eight. Oh, that's right. Book eight. Sorry. But I was like, I was like, you know what? Nah, I want to, I want a dude that's confident swinging a big dick, heavy bolter and boat and, and boost the boys up. So I went with the armistice. Just having palming that bitch with one hand. Hmm. Just like just chugging rounds, you know what I mean? Like, so like he's like in one hand he's got the heavy bolter and he's like shooting molecular acid rounds into Ezra's fucking stupid word 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 <laughs> ears, you know, word bearers. It's just like, oh, have you heard the word? Have you heard the word? Yeah, the words acid molecular rounds, bitch. And then boom, boom, <laughs> boom. And then like he so like he wipes out a twenty man tactical squad. And then, like, he just drops the fucking heavy bolter on the ground because he don't give a fuck. And then he's like Stone Cold Steve Austin. He pulls out two Bud Heavies and he cracks them open. And he like smashes them <laughs> together and he's just like chugging them straight up. And then he's like, you know, that's the bottom line. Get Stone Cold Steadsell. You know what I mean? That's that's how I imagine it to go. There you go. Do you have him converted up yet? No, not yet. That's that's what I'm working on right now. So I'm thinking you should totally like take the bolter uh, steadying arm and have him like instead of holding the heavy bolter on top, just have him palming it on bottom. Well, the the shitty part is I already have it modeled. Oh, gotcha. So, um, but it's pretty cool because the pattern of heavy bolter he has is the same pattern as my heavy support squad, which is the um, I forget what the name of it is. Um, but it's the heavy bolters that have the chain link all the way up to the backpack. The yes. Power, the power pack. That, so, that is my favorite kind of uh, heavy oh sports yeah. squad. Oh yeah. I've got some, uh, I've got a heavy sports squad. I did up for my space wolves with heavy flamers. Mm. Mm. It's not as much work as you originally think to get that, to bend that chain and get that well, going up. You know, it's funny you say that because like when I was building these guys out, 
I remember back in the day before I had all this hobby knowledge, like anything that involved placing a link from one portion to the model to another portion of the model, I used to like, this is fucking stupid. Like, it's solid. I can't move around with this. Until I realized, like, if it's resin, you could just take a heat gun to it, and then it just becomes, like, rubber. Oh, yeah. And then you just, like, mold it to it. Oh, man. Mwah. Heat gun is the, one of the best tools in the box. Especially, I've been building a whole bunch of knights, like, uh, not knights, uh, titans. Just because a bunch of people around town have been picking up different titans and shit. Like, I think I've built, like, three war warhounds in the past year. Mm. And then I, I rolled up with my... Uh, with my uh, uh, Warbringer. And so one of the other guys immediately goes out and buys a Warbringer. <laughs> but yeah, no, the heat gun is the MVP. We're putting all that stuff oh, together. Yeah. With that baking was... soda, a close second. What? Baking soda? Is oh, I'm any... glad you asked. Yes. So, fun fact, uh, when you combine baking soda and uh, cryonoacrylate, a.k.a. super glue the baking soda will act as an accelerant. Oh, word? Word. So you can use it as a gap filler because you know how like you throw super glue and sometimes it like dries. As it dries, it like contracts and gets smaller. Yep. Well, if you're trying to fill a gap, you can like just throw a bead of super glue in there, just sprinkle a little bit of that baking soda on it like cocaine. And then it just mm. immediately cures. I'd say let it sit for a little bit so that the interior cures as well. But you'll file it down, and it'll just fill that gap nice and easy. Like, that's been my preferred method of gap filling lately. See, my preferred method of gap filling is, like, I'll uh, I'll just put a little drop of super glue in the gap, and then I'll use that accelerator spray. And I also, oh, have, okay. the, I the, I also have the accelerant in a dropper bottle so I can control it more instead of have a spray. Put a little drop in there, and then that solves that problem real easy. Like the Bob Smith? Mm-hmm. Yeah, baking soda is way cheaper. Cause I don't know if it's I'm just using it wrong or like the humidity in my area, but it'll like evaporate out of the bottle if I leave it sitting. Yeah, that's true. It does it does evaporate pretty quickly. So unless I buy a fresh one and I've got like a fresh bottle handy and I've got like a big building project coming up. Like I don't always just have accelerant lying around. But I've got the same box of baking soda I picked up for like sixty-nine cents from Walmart. <laughs> just like just, just grab like a little pinch and just like just sprinkle a little crack in there and like, then we're done. like like salt bay it's yeah like, straight up <laughs> just, just elbow up and just full, just mm, it's good uh, but yeah so that's that's been all of my hobby progress so i posted up the uh two apothecaries i did i posted up terminator chaplain hell yeah uh, that interrogator oh big time um and then uh, this weekend, you'll most likely see my Armistos when I finish them. And then my heavy support squad with the heavy bolters. They'll probably be up there, too, because that's what I'm going to work on after I finish the Armistos. Hell yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah. And, and so basically, that's that... that's also like my hashtag New Year, New Me is just like continually working on... Uh, not only am I going to finish my army list for the 12th inaugural, the big D, but I'm also just going to continually just keep working on my Dark Angels because I'm so amped up about Book 9 Crusade coming out. 
and all the new units that are coming with it. I, I, I honestly cannot wait. Like ever since I started playing back in 2002, I've been a Dark Angels player my entire life, and I've been rocking with the rules in Book Six. But man, man, oh man, cannot I cannot wait for Book Nine to drop. Oh yeah, and those see proper the full, those proper rules and seeing what happens with the man. Like, and, and I, I posted this on our page the other day, but like, uh, like all these units that they're posting out, we're gonna get into the rules. How like dope nasty they are like uh, i i can't imagine like what the lion his rules are gonna be like it's crazy like i'm super excited yeah i mean it could be anything at this point i don't even like i don't know enough about him to like even speculate really well i can tell you this like the lion when it came to all the Primarchs, Ruperte Gilliman in the Unremembered Empire said, like, out of all the Primarchs, there was only two that he looked up to, like, better than him. Like, everybody else was a brother, but there was two Primarchs that he looked up to, and it was Horus and the Lion. So, like, it, with all these, like, especially when we get into the rules with the the inner the inner circle knights in the beam where like even the sergeant of that squad which is called the uh the order preceptor he has a weapon skill of 6 right oh my god I, like i can't imagine what the lion is going to be so so the lion like in, in all the books that have been out he's supposed to He's honestly, like, everything that they talk about him when it comes to the Horus Heresy novels, he is supposed to be, like, if if it wasn't Horus that was going to be the War Master, it was going to be him. Easily going to be him. And not only, like, the, the being the leader, the tactician, the same, like, mastermind strategist that, the, that Horus was, the lion is, is his equal if not better, but as well as in combat. Like you're talking about a, you're, you're talking about a Primarch that was dropped on Caliban as a baby. And he spent his entire life before he was found just slaying chaos, demons and monsters on Caliban in the woods by himself naked, like with no weapons, like the dude's an absolute beast. So like it, comparatively speaking, I know it's probably going to offend a lot of people out there, but like when it comes to close combat, I expect his rules to be better than Angron and Angron, Horus, and uh, fuck Russ. Really? Mm-hmm. One hundred percent. Well, all I'm going to say is anything is arguable if you're willing to argue it. Oh yeah. <laughs> And for all those out there that, like, he already beat the fuck out of Russ. Ah, sucker punched him. Not sucker punched him. He let his guard down. Russ Russ started laughing, thinking it was over, and then fucking Lion just decked him. You're telling me. But but you're telling me, as a Primarch, with all your reflexes and and superhuman strength and, and combat mindset, and combat reactions. 
he couldn't deflect that punch? Think about that. Maybe he could have. Maybe he chose not to. Yeah, because I don't know. I wasn't there. Hey, he's a little bitch. <laughs> he's a dog. All I understand is the boot and the heel. <laughs> I mean, any, like I said, anything's arguable if you argue it. But yeah, that's 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 it for my progress. So, uh, so I guess we'll, this is this is the bread and butter of this episode right All now. Right. So, uh, Let's, so we we're gonna have to do release wise, right? Catching up, you know what I mean. We're gonna toss that ball from the outfield and hopefully throw it into first base and get that out. You know what I mean? So, uh, just opening it up right now, like uh, Derek, like the Forge World way with releasing units and then dropping the rules in a PDF, man. What do you think about that? I've, this is like, have they done this before or like on this scale, like just about every release we've seen for pre-order or all the update stuff for book nine coming out, they've been dropping, you know, road to Thromas on us. And then they've been putting out, if not a PDF of this unit, at least a, uh, a brief synopsis of what they do, what war gear they have, and all that good stuff. But I think more telling than that is they dropped the the term the Dark Angels Terminators. What were those called? The Inner Circle Knights Cenebium. Yeah, they dropped those guys, and then everybody was real quick to kind of like point and laugh because they got the plasma casters where you can re-roll your Overwatch shots. But they're on cataphracty terminators. Yep. And, you know, that, that was a little funny. I think it was mostly telling. I was like, okay, well, we're going to see this plasma caster coming up elsewhere. It's not just going to be on these guys. But, the like, the next day, if not within 24 hours, they they patched it. They updated it. And now these guys get to fire Overwatch. You know, say what you will about that fact. I'm not super stoked about, you know, saying that no other Terminators are cool enough to Overwatch. Like, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to the unit. But the fact that Forge World had that quick of a turnaround on updating the rules, I like that. I, I think this is we're breaking new ground as far as uh, like FAQ and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Like, ha- what else have they put out that they've FAQ that fast? Well, you for, know, uh, my, for heresy. So I, I my thought process is this, right? So. I think they learned from book seven because when book six dropped, there was a long, and I mean a long gap, three years almost, right? I think it was like three years, two yeah, years dry. between book six and book seven. A lot of releases that came out since then or in that window still don't have rules in an actual published book. Exactly. And what they learned was like, we need to give them something, right? So it's it's brilliant because like they're dropping these models and then they're giving you the rules and then in real time they're giving they're getting the feedback from the community about these units and then up until book 9 they'll finalize the rules but in the meantime it just only drives you to like want to buy book 9 and i'm I, like shamelessly i could admit that like they're, they're giving you these units, they're giving you the rules, you're getting pumped, you're getting excited, and then you're like, man, I cannot wait for this book to drop, because I'm going to fucking buy it. And it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. And it, it's, a, it's a brilliant 
way to to market the book for sales, which sounds bad, but at the same time, like that's beneficial to us, the players, because we're getting these units. They're up for pre-order. Then they ship them to you. And then they're giving you the rules at the same time. It's not like they're dropping the, the units and they're saying, like, oh, you'll have to wait till book book nine to use them. Uh, until oh, then, yeah. you could use them just as Legion Terminators. They just look really fancy towards Dark Angels. No, they're not doing that. They're giving you the rules. Yeah, the, the main complaint I see is that when the book finally does drop, there's going to be no, like all the mystique is going to be gone. We're going to know exactly what's in it. But I don't think they're going to drop the lion before the book comes out. Like, I think if you want to see what no, the lion does, no you're going to have to buy the book. Uh, Which means he, yeah. might, he might be a little broken. He might be a little underpowered. Uh, who's to say? So, so I'm 100%... I'm not a, like I have. There's no thought in my mind where I'm expecting the lion to drop before the book, like they did with the like they did with the Russ Primarchs. Yeah, with Russ and Magnus, where they dropped them, they they send out the rules and what have you. Um, because we still don't have we don't still have the con. You know what I mean? Like the, the he's his model's not yeah. out yet. They're, they're you know definitely. What I, mean? I can expect them to drop his model before they drop uh, the lion. And, and and like honestly, like uh, to have your Primarch, Primarch model out is cool and all. And as much as I love the Dark Angels, and I, as much as I would love to have the pri like the Lion model, that's awesome. But like I would be uh, like to me, I would be completely content with them dropping these units out, releasing the rules. Book nine drops. You get to see the cool rules for the Lion. But you still don't have a lion model, just like you still don't have a con model. I'm I'm cool with that. Like that, I like the, the, the like a like honestly, um, with how powerful Primarchs are are in the game, like they they usually like you usually play them in certain games. You don't you don't bring a Primarch model to every single game you play, right. unless unless you're in an established gaming league or community where like. You are playing games where you bring your Primark every single time, but generally speaking, like in the, the, uh, the Heresy game set, you're not you're not bringing your Primark model to every single game you play. So I, I'm cool to wait on uh, if they take their time with it. They they do right by the model. They do right by the rules. I, I'm cool with waiting for the Primark because I've waited this long so far right now for the Dark Angels rules regardless so i'm cool with the weight if oh, they yeah. keep if they keep doing the same thing they're doing with these dark angel models and they give you a pdf rule set and, and you know they keep going with that like I, I the only thing i am surprised is in uh, in road to thromas part three where they talk about more of the night lord stuff they talk about the 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 contacar terminator elite I'm surprised that those models specifically didn't come up for pre-order with a PDF rule set and then buy. They've been they've been selfishly, I could admit this, <laughs> giving us Dark Angel units, but uh, the the Night Lords already have a, a yeah. vast set of rules and, and models. So like, uh, you know, sorry Night Lords players, like you can you can honestly wait on these Contacar to come out like. You just keep giving me the Dark Angel stuff, you know. <laughs> keep giving it to me. Yeah, no, I'm kicking myself because my Night Lords use uh, 
I've got some cataphracty terminators I use them. I wish I knew how many points these guys were to see if I could viably replace them. But uh, I'll have to wait, man. Oh, yeah, I know. But even with the Contacar, they they came out with like kind of what what they have, like their their war gear and then the new right of war that came with them. When they first dropped this this article, they had Nostrom and Chain Glaives, which is a melee weapon, strength plus one, AP three, melee, melee rending two-handed. And then they retroactively, like within a few days or so, reposted that same article and just edited it to, instead of being the Nostrom and Chain Glaive, it's just a Nostrom and Chain Blade, which is just a rending power sword. But all in all, like, I'm really I've got really high hopes for the the quality of book nine. I think we're going to see like book seven had some dubious quality, like it contradicted itself in a couple places. Uh, Book eight was a lot more cohesive. We didn't have quite as much like syntax problems where, you know, the frost weapons table in book seven, you know, it lists these kinds of frost weapons and then other units can take other kinds of frost weapons, specifically the difference between a frost sword and a frost weapon. But, like, it feels like we're getting to play test book nine, little by little, bit by bit, with every unit they throw up for pre-order. And that just makes me more and more, like, excited to see what else is going to be in this book. Yeah, so I think, I honestly think what, uh, like, because when, when book eight released, and then in book eight you have, like, a completely new custodes list, right? And then yeah, you that- have the... That you is had the, every custodes unit from book seven. Yeah. And then you had like the fact that re- basically redid all of the thousand sons. Um, I honestly think book seven was plagued by Alan Bly's death. Rest in peace. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I honestly think because at the time book seven was being written and going on, and then you had Alan Bly's, Bly's death, and then you had in 40k the transition to eighth edition. I honestly think with Alan Bly not being there, you had like you, you didn't have that leadership and that and and that cross basically contamination with 40k, where they did not know if Heresy was going to have its own rule set or go to eighth edition, because there are there are some little bitsy little bits rules here's and there that you could easily see that got applied that could easily been have been written for the eighth edition rule set like stuff like uh like magnet uh, magnus's phantasm aura where it's like a minus one to hit you can easily see in that rule written in that way because they might have thought that Heresy was also going to move to the eighth edition rule set. Yeah. So I think I think when, when that happened, somebody, I think there was official word at one point that yeah, Heresy is going to go to eighth edition, and for a while that was like the expectation until until they announced the Age of Darkness rulebook. Yeah, and so I think that's that's what plagued book seven, and then like the fact and the basically the rewriting of that whole book and the rules. And now we're back to a stable platform with the drop of the Age of Darkness rulebook. And then I, I honestly think book eight is like one of the best books written. 
as far as when it came out with the balance of rules and and everything involved in that. And it, it only makes me more excited about book nine because I think book eight was a, was like a restart of implementing the established, okay, Heresy has its own rule set. This is what we're going to do. So we're going to make book eight to match our rule book. And now that it worked out really well, we're going to go to book nine and still continue on with the same rules. And uh, I was listening to Boys of the Golden Throne the other day, the recent episode, and uh, John John did have a good point in that uh, Heresy, like it could use an, an update as far as a new edition. Not saying drastically, like going from 7th edition... 40k to 8th edition 40k but just something to revigorate it you know what i mean like because at this point like you said like for most of us we've been playing the heresy like me i i i got late into heresy so you're talking 2015 2016 yeah but for but, but for everybody else out there that's been playing since heresy dropped um you're talking like sixth late fifth edition 40k then into seventh edition where the rules changed and it changed up heresy rules. Like we, we could use a little bit of an update, you know what I mean? Like a, a new edition per se. Oh yeah. That's, that's definitely going to be like a whole new talking point. I think for another episode is like Mm -hmm. what we could see them implement in age of darkness version two. Yeah. And even then I was like I know I'm gonna default back to what I was saying they probably could have done as far as the version one. Like they could have applied a lot more changes to the psychic phase because you don't see as much interaction with the psychic phase over the like over a broad scale in heresy as you do with like forty K. Yeah. Absolutely. Like Thousand Sons, like yeah, they they're all up in it. Uh word bears to a lesser extent. But, but you like, know but you know what? As as a as a Thousand Suns player, and um, me and Maka talked about this on on one of the episodes, and like as a Thousand Suns player, I almost like I feel bad when I play as the Thousand Suns because it's such a psyker heavy army. Like I even even if I even if I do if I have a lot of psychic spells that are. Like, I'm not powering it. Like, I'm not doing a lot of cheesy stuff, trying to go in after the best psychic abilities. You, it's still, just like, you still feel bad about having to slow the game down with the psychic phase. Yeah, Because you know, you know that the other army that you're playing, they're only going to get whatever they roll on their warp, warp roll dice but they're still not going to match you whatsoever because you have all these psychers. It gives you more dice. Like in the end of the day, it's, it's just not going to work out for you. Like you can probably block something, but you're not going to block all of it, especially when you're going against a thousand sons army. So like even as a thousand player, even if when you try to calm down the psychic phase, you feel bad playing it because the psychic phase in itself just halts the whole progress of play. Yeah, you see a lot less player interaction in that phase than you do in most other phases. And 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 even like even myself, like in order to just like try and like reduce the time in the psychic phase, I I, I developed like different various like Excel documents that I print out, and it lays out like before the game even starts, 
it's an easy way for me to chart out like what spells, what warp dice I have, like how many dice I'll get before the D6 roll. But it, even oh, yeah. even even with something like that, it, it still holds up the whole game. And and if you're playing against something like that, you're just sitting there like, okay, cool, I saw your dice roll, you got it off. All right, what's next? And then you roll, and it's like, okay, cool, I saw you roll it, you got it. What's next? Yeah, I do got to give a shout out to a lot of the Thousand Sun players I've seen. They like it seems like you guys have gone out of your way to try to make it a lot less of just your opponent sitting there watching like uh one of the san antonio guys he actually has like three or four sets of the seventh edition psychic power cards Mm -hmm. just so he can lay the cards next to the units as they generate them yep so you can kind of visualize so that like when it's my turn and i'm like moving my guys around i've got a visual representation of what psychic powers are going to be on what side of the board yeah, like I, I I done the same thing. So like in Photoshop, I I, I made like extra psychic cards basically. Like all, of all the psychic abilities that I predominantly use, I typed them up. I made like little one inch by two inch cards with a little thousand sun symbol on the back and like what ability it is. Just because like if I get it off and I have multiple units with the same spell. I just drop the card there, drop the card there, drop the card there. That way they know. Yeah. And and it's sort of a pain. Even even as a Thousand Suns player myself, like it the psychic phase is a little bit of a pain in the ass to like prepare for it, try and determine what spells you have before the game. Yeah. It does it does need a little bit reworking. Yeah, um, and I I don't make it a secret that I think the Heresy the Age of Darkness rulebook was a prime time to revamp the psychic phase. But I can also understand them wanting to push that book out and just get the heresy on its own legs, rule set wise, as fast as possible. Yeah, but just like you said, like what we, in fact, that's actually like like you said, our ne- our next episode will be about like what we want to see in Heresy 2.0, and we'll and we'll we'll go in deep, we'll go balls deep into like psychic phase, other things that we we see oh, yeah. that we should. We should change it over. Yeah, we'll but set that up a little later. But right now, we, we've been putting off these releases, but we got to go and talk about that. Yep. So the first one, we got the Acastus Knight Asterius. So, yeah, I don't giant- even know hold when. On, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, let, me read, okay. let me read the lore. Let me read the lore. All right. Of the gigantic Acastus pattern knights, some of the largest such war machines still in existence, the Asterius is among the most rare. Like its more rare cousin, the Porphyron, it boasts an armored hide near impervious to weapons fire, striding across the battlefield like an angry giant beset by insects, and also wields a pair of twin ancient conversion beam cannon. These weapons are irreplaceable relics of lost technology, each capable of sundering the walls of mighty fortresses and laying low powerful foes in a single blast. Derek, go. So I don't even know when they dropped this. I've been sleeping on this thing like the, this and then the other nights that they came out, the uh, the armature pattern ones. I I completely missed this. Like someone was like, hey, you know, those came out, right? And I'm like, oh, shit. And I, I go back and I quickly pull up the rules. But so just initially looking at this thing, the conversion beam cannon on it. I'm a big fan of conversion beam cannons. And this thing's no slouch. Like, if you're looking at over 42 inches, 
This thing's dropping strength 10, AP 1, ordnance 1, 7 inch blast, wrecker sunder. It's like, hmm. Yeah. And, it, yeah, well, I mean, and that, that brings up the topic of convert, conversion beams in general. I've I found in all the well, all the heresy games I've played, and even seventh edition, forty uh, k games, I very rarely see uh, seen conversion beams. Yeah, and even when I did, they really didn't have a use. Like, like, because you got to think the conversion beam theory is the more distance in between, the more powerful the weapon is. But on a six foot table. Yeah, you're you're gonna get within that forty two inches real quick, if yeah, if not immediately. Yeah, like you're looking at one corner to the other corner. Maybe you'll get that. And very rarely do you see like even big point games played on a table bigger than a six by four. Yeah, at that point you're looking into like the big blam, your giant mega battles. Then conversion beam cannons are really gonna come into their own. But as far as you know, day to day use. I think you're going to see more of the Perfiron than the Asterius. Yeah, I mean... The, Until the somebody thing, rolls it out at the Mega Battle, then it's like, oh, that's a problem. But the good thing is, like, even in the 18 to 42-inch range, you have you have two of these cannons, and they're still dropping a large blast, Ordnance 1, at Strength 10, AP 2. So that's still... That's still fucking powerful. Like, yeah, and you've got two of these things. Yeah. It doesn't fire them as a battery. It's got two twin-linked conversion beam cannons. Yeah, so it's... So it's still powerful within an 18 to 42-inch range, but at the end of the day, you're honestly... You're paying 540 points, and that's without the ocular augmentics upgrade. You know what I mean? So... I mean, it's 10 points. Why not? Yeah, it, like you're going to take it. It allows you to reroll on the vehicle damage and the destroyer weapon table. So, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, even the ocular augmentics, like you're paying 10 points to reroll results of one on the vehicle damage table and the destroyer weapon attack table that are inflicted by their shooting attacks at a range of 12 inches or less. See, you know what I mean? Like, that doesn't match with what the whole weapon platform is supposed to do with the conversion beam cannons. Like, the conversion beam cannons are supposed to do more damage at long range. So why have the ocular augmentics? Because it's, it's still strength 10 at less than 18 inch range. Yeah, but like I said, I don't expect to see this thing except in big mega battles. I yeah, like and as your Lord of War, five hundred and fifty points. You're looking at what a three thousand point game. Mm-hmm. And at that yeah, cause, point, cause you can just 20, bring a Warhound. Yeah, yeah, twenty five point twenty five percent rule, right? So. But I do like what what I will say about this. I do like the Karaknos mortar battery. So, range sixty inches, strength five, AP four, heavy three, barrage, three inch blast template. It's got flash beam and rad phage, and it also ignores cover and it pins. Like that's pretty dope. 
the Flushbane and the Rad Phase itself is pretty dope. Yeah. So that's what wounds on two up. Wounds on two up, and then uh, if I'm reduces your toughness. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, Rad Phase reduces your toughness. So is that per model, or is that if the unit takes? I'm pretty sure it's the unit, so let me go grab my rule book and get yeah. going on. Zealot Tankers. I'm pulling mine up right here, and for Radphage, uh, it's on the model, so you're really not going to see that affecting infantry too much, but uh, on any like big demons, like if you're seeing big demons in a uh, mega battle, then against the demons you'd see that Radphage kick in, and that that would really uh, help you out when, you know, you got those big arc demons stomping up and down the table. Yeah. But as far and, as like infantry, the the model is probably going to be gone, so you're not going to worry about the the rad phage on like regular guys. Yeah, and I mean, you, you like this knight specifically, you're going to get its specific uh, benefits to either having it to your Mechano, Mechanicum Tegmata army list, or if you're running a Questorius list because you get the household rank rule. Um, and it, we're, we're not, like, you also get two Volkite Culverin out of it, so those are always pretty nasty against infantry-heavy armies. Um, you get the benefit of Super Heavy Walker, but uh, as, as, as a Legion of Stardust player, this definitely would not be one of the knights I would consider as part of my engine of destruction. I, I would, I would always be, like. I don't know, man. If you're playing against demons, this thing, I, I think against demons, this thing comes on its own. Like comes into it, its own. In 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 my thought process, like if I'm going against demons, I'm not gonna dump 540 points to a knight. I'm gonna like there's there's plenty of. Uh, Psy Arcana relics and units that you can bring in the Legion of Stardis list to combat demons. You could have multiples of to take up 540 points over the Acastus Knight Asterius. Yeah, but as, like when you're looking at anti-demon stuff, like anti-demon equipment, this would also, like in a regular game, just a strength 10 blast template. Yeah. And like, and that's what like like so like it's not as good against demons as like the specific demon counters, but I think this is also versatile enough. I would say I I would I would meet you in the middle and say like, if you're a knight player and a mechanicum player, like if you're going up against demons, it's good addition to it. But as Legion of Stardust player, you can find you can easily find five hundred and forty points to dump into something that can easily combat demons over this. Yeah. I, like I said, I still don't expect to see it too often, maybe in the big mega battles. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then that seven inch blast becomes a problem. Oh yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's all I have on him. Uh, what, what else do you think Derek? You got anything else? I mean, nothing else really jumps out at me. Yeah. Because it has all the basic bitch stuff as like a poor fire on, other than the different weapons, you know what I mean? Is that the same uh, mortar system that comes on the Profiron? What do you mean, like the chassis? 
the or the Karaknos mortar battery. No, the, that, so the, the the Karaknos does not come on the Porphyron. Okay, because I know that does have some kind of missile pod. Yeah, and I I don't know it at this time. I, I don't know it. Yeah, like this one, I wasn't ready for. Like I, I'd heard about this. Like I'd saw like the the pictures they put out like around like the book seven stuff coming out, and then I just completely forgot about it. Until yeah. somebody reminded me that it, it exists and it came out. Yeah, honestly, you were the one that reminded me today as we were getting ready for this episode that the that this dropped and the version. Yeah, the Moirax. And so now I guess speaking about the Moirax, we'll go into it. So let me read the uh, little fluff here. Uh, fitted with a potent reactor core capable of powering the most destructive weaponry available to its class, the Night Morax was a formidable tool in the arsenal of the Questorus households loyal to the Mechanicum. However, this energy core was notorious for radioactive instability, and so the Morax chassis was considered to be an unseemly instrument with which to lay the foundations of the Aperium. Seeing minimal use on human-occupied worlds before the darkest hours of the Horus heresy. Derek, go. All right, so just looking at this thing, it's basically pretty comparable to the Armager... The armature rules we got from the... They put out some FAQ with rules for the Dominus chassis and the armature chassis. But this has a big Volkite and a Siege Claw. And then you can swap those out for a Lightning Locks and a Grav Pulsar. Yep. And also an armature Conversion Beam Cannon. I, I tell you what, though, I do like the Gaiji Siege Claw with the inbuilt Rad Cleanser. I think that's a pretty cool, fluffy weapon to have on yeah. it. Yeah, that Fleshbane Radphage in a Flamer, that, that's a game changer, I feel. Yeah. Um, I'll, we'll go ahead and just read the basic shit here. So, weapons, a Knight Morax, uh, the unit composition is one Knight Morax, but you can also have it as a Talon. Um, so... Weapon skill 4, ballistic skill 4, strength 7, front armor 12, side armor 12, rear armor 11, initiative 4, attacks 2, and has 4 hull points. We got, uh, it's a walker type vehicle. The special rules are the Morax Talon, which is a Questorus Knight Morax Talon may be taken as a non-compulsory troop choice in a Questorus Knight Crusade Detachment and is subject to the household rank special rule but must select the Scion Amatar household rule. A Questar Nice Morax Talon may alternately be alternatively be a, taken as a heavy support choice and a Mechanicum detachment. However, if taken in this way, the unit loses obviously the household's rank special rule. And the household rank is a Scion Amatar. It's free. Um, the fluff behind it is, unlike the vaunted amateur knights of the Questorus Knights household, the Mechanicum Knight Morax is a construction held in contempt by Questorus nobility due to its unstable core. However, whether by order of their Mechanicum masters or through the desperate need, many Questorus households are frequently forced to make use of this chassis. So the rank of Amator is a unit of scions, Amator, may not be held in reserve and must be deployed further than six inches away from a friendly Questorus Knight if this is possible. Yeah, they're stinky and they don't like them. Yeah, exactly. And uh, they get the Morax Talon rule 
And a Morix Talon roll is just very simply just like a Dreadnought Talon. They deploy within six inches, and then they're basically independent afterwards for the purposes of taking any actions as well as for deploying victory points and missions, which make use of victory points for destroying units. Um, they also get the Garuso Protocol Special Rule. So uh, they basically get the old 7th edition Tau uh, support. Uh, it's, I think it was called Supporting Fire. But basically they overwatch for another unit. So if you have a, a, a just a basic bitch knight next to the Morax and they're within 12 inches of it and a unit charges that knight, they can overwatch for that knight. But it is not treated as an Overwatch attack. It's treated as as if they it's were shooting. shooting, shooting yeah, phase. It, yeah. It, it treated as a shooting phase. So you get your normal ballistic skill shots at it. So which means if you use the the Rad Cleanser, you don't get the Wall of Death. You just have to drop the template. Exactly, and um, so within the Talon, so you, the normal unit is one. So you can take up the three additional so that's a difference too so you can have up to four in one talon and they're also cheaper on the back end too it's 185 for the first one 155 for the rest yep so and uh sadly enough you there you cannot take these with the legion of stardis army because they're either troop choice for questorus knights or heavy support choice for a mechanic of detachment yeah, so if you're going to take them, you have to take an allied detachment and fill it out appropriately. Yeah, and um, you can exchange the Volkite Vegulaire. So the Volkite Vegulaire is a, let me see here. 36 inch, strength 36 six, inch, AP strength four, four a, uh, strength six, AP four, heavy five, the flag rate, which... Big Volkite. Uh, uh, well, isn't... The Volkite Calvarin, is it its it strength 5? Or is it strength 6, AP 5, heavy 4, the flag rate? The Culverin? Oh, I'd have to pull it up. I don't have my book next to me. Yeah, let me take a look at this real quick. Uh, ranged weapons of the Dark Age. Irradiation. Field artillery. Volkite. Yeah, no, so uh, Volkite Culverin is 45 inches, strength 6, AP 5, heavy 4. Okay, this, so it's got a little bit extra kick to it. Yeah, so against Militia, this would, like, tear tear the tear them the fuck up, because AP 4, I mean, even AP 5, most, mili like, most Militia, like, because very rarely do you see, like, Militia with AP 4... Well, Unless you're looking at uh, Survivors of the Dark Age. Yeah. Then you start looking um, at Armor 4, 4 up, 3 up. Yeah. So there's little little differences there. Um, and then, what is it? Let's see. The Gygas Siege Claw. Yeah, with the Brad Cleanser. Yeah, so the Siege Claw itself starts at uh, Strength times 2, AP 2, Melee Wrecker. And then... Man. That's fucking awesome. Hell yeah. The, and then the built-in Rad Cleanser template, Strength 2, AP 5, Assault 1, Fleshbane, Rad Phage. Well, the, mm. the, the, the Rad Cleanser for the Siege Claw is Assault... Oh yeah, it is Temple. Oh shit, Temple, yeah. 
Assault yeah. One, Flesh Brain, Rad Friend, man. I think that's just dope. Like, let me let me look at this real quick. Like, if your anti-tank is melt bombs and you need to take care of this thing, it's going to hurt getting there. Like, if... Uh, by all means, everybody, like, I am not familiar with being a Mechanicum player or a Knight's Questorus player, but for 185 points and you can substitute the Volkite for another Gyges Siege Claw with inbuilt Clad Renzer for free... Like, I would just use these guys as just, like, straight-up close combat protection of your bigger just to knights. terrorize troops. Oh, man, like... Just run somebody off an objective? Oh, yeah. Like, that would be... That'd be dope. And in addition to just, like... That's a free upgrade. Then, uh, uh... Like, you get the Ionic Flare Shield. You don't get any benefits to close combat, but Blast and Temple Moments give you minus one strength. But in addition to the Ionic Flare Shield... You get construct shields, which do work against close combat weapons. So, like, you could just like, man, just fucking ru- like. Oh, those have- are those are mini uh, mini void shields, basically. Exactly, they're AV eleven. Glancing or pen kills. Uh, glancing or penetration hits kill the shield, and you can't use invulnerable saves against it or restore them like a void shield. But, like, you have that ionic flare shield, so you drop it in the front with that five-up invulnerable, and then you would just run these guys up with the with just the two Gaija Siege Calls with the inbuilt Rad Cleansers. Just fucking hit them with the Rad Cleansers, get into close combat, and then just, like, chomp dudes up. Yeah, or even then, like, we can look at some of these other guns you can give them for... What is it? For five points, you can upgrade the weapon, one of the weapons to a lightning lock. Oh, 36 yeah. Strength, inch. Strength, strength six, six. AP eight. three. Heavy one. Rending. Shred and blast. Like, that's dope. Um, uh, ten points, you get the Graviton Pulsar. A 24-inch. Strength uh, dash. AP four. Heavy two. Blast three-inch. Concussive. Graviton. So, Graviton. Uh, like, any sort of Graviton weaponry, but it's a 12... 24 inches um and then one of the guns you can't upgrade both of them but one of them can be the armager conversion beam cannon so up to 18 inches strength six heavy one blast three uh 18 to 42 it's strength eight ap4 42 to 72 inches it's strength 10 ap1 yeah no so heavy one three inch blast so like the so now like i could like i said not familiar with knights or mechanic and build out playlist like lists, but like you can either give it the armature conversion beam cannon, and because of the smaller model, keep it hidden behind some line of sight blocking terrain, uh, keep it in the back, move it out, shoot the conversion beam cannon at something, move it back in, or you can just go on full like balls out, just close combat with two guys of siege claws with rag cleansers. And just run that some bitch straight up the middle. Hey, diddle tittle, come out the middle and just like slash everything right up the gut. Uh, right up the gut. You know what? I, I understand that there's people from well, well, Canadian football. No offense, not real football, but and obviously in the UK, football is soccer, not real football. Sorry. Um, you can't go wrong with the traditional 
power eye formation where you just give that halfback the ball and you send him straight up the fucking gut and then he just goes right through and just Hit him like with the old 23 skidoo. Exactly. That's all you got to do. Just call, give the ball the, old... the biggest motherfucker you got yep. and make him deal with it. Run up right up the middle. Right up the fucking middle. And you know what? Because, like, honestly, like, with something this this size, and, and I have, I have like, a couple armagers from when I bought the old box set back in the day, the 40K box set where you got them, right? Yeah. Um, they're, they're about the size of a Dreadnought, a, a Contemptor, a little bit taller. Um, the armagers? Yeah. And yeah, the Forge Bane box. They're on a, like, 120 mil base. Yeah, but like, dude, if you would honestly, if I was sitting there in heresy and I was playing a normal game, and let's say we're we're doing uh, Dawn of War deployment, so you're talking twelve inch deployment, then you got a twelve inch deployment on the other side with twenty four inches in between, and you got four of these sons of bitches with Gaijus siege claws and rat cleansers, and my opponent just decides to run run them straight up the fucking middle. I'm gonna be like, oh fuck me, man. Like my my fucking my fucking close combat, if I survive shooting and if I get into close combat with this dude, I better fucking have melta bombs on me. Or else I'm fucking shit out of luck. I just picture like your marine like lieutenant just looking at that shit going, man. It's gonna be one of those days, huh? Oh yeah. Hey, like you look at that. Like if somebody did that to me, I'm like, I'm fucked, boys. This guy ain't fucking around. He means fucking business. And I'm off the I'm I'm on I'm on the end of that fucking business, bud. And these are troops. Like Yeah. <laughs> you can take yeah, <laughs> non compulsory troops in your uh mechanicum. Or as a knights. And then Mechanicum just take them as a heavy support. Mm. But no, I'm I'm definitely on the same page as uh, I don't know enough about running knights as their own force. Yeah. Because typically what it seems to be is either your opponent is capable of dealing with a bunch of knights, in which case they do so, or they are not capable of dealing with a bunch of knights. It. Personally, in my experience, um, if as a Legion Legionotus Astartes player, if you drop all your dudes on the table and deploy, and at this point, if you haven't figured it out yet, but once your opponent deploys and it's all knights, gonna have a bad time. So, <laughs> <laughs> so these, in addition to it, you're gonna have slightly a less of a bad time, unless you decide to do what I just said, which is like have four of these motherfuckers with siege claws and rat cleansers. And then on turn one, they just run right up the middle. And they're just terrorizing your opponent. Yeah, they're, and they're really like within your face. Like, you're just going to be like, oh, I'm fucked, boys. Here we go. Yeah, let's get out the violins and the cello, <laughs> cello and Titanic this bitch. And it's like, we're just going to go down. We're just going to go down singing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I see this as an interesting alternative to, like, the big Mechanicum robots. You know what? Fuck Cybernetica. That's all I gotta <laughs> say about that. 
Cyberthurgy. It's like our psychic phase, except you can't deny it. Ooh, my Thanatar, my Domitar gets shoot twice. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Did my plasma mortar bombard get to shoot twice? Oops. I'm sorry. You speaking from experience or oh man. Dude, <laughs> I used to get dude, I, I, I used to play my one of my very good friends, uh Travis in North Carolina. He had a bomb ass. It was a beautifully painted Mechanicum army. He ran a cyberneticalist. And he had two of those fucking plasma mortars on Domitars or Thanatars. I forget. Whatever the big fucking one is. Thanatar. Yeah. And he fucking cyberthurgy the fuck out of me. And I was like, you know, fuck Mechanicum. <laughs> fuck Cybernetica. Fuck Cyberthurgy. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so those are the, the new knights that they had uh, snuck by me. I was not aware of those guys until very recently. Yeah, exactly. So let's let's get into the balls deep of this one, bud. So oh, now yeah. we got the so legions. This is what you've probably been waiting for. So I will say this before we get into it. The Legion Saber Strike Tank, I... N- I knew about it when it was released. I knew that the basic bitch part about it was a facet choice. It was a small little tank. I didn't really look at the rules. But I thought it was cool and neat as a fluffy army choice. After I went over the rules, I was like, holy shit. There is so much that this little fucker can do to boost oh. your army. So we got the Legion Saber Strike Tank coming in base 65 points per model. Basically Fat- free. Yeah, fast, rugged, and heavily armed, the Saber serves the Legion of Stardes as a strike tank, attacking key enemy targets and destroying them long before they can pose a threat to any Legion of Stardes army. Fitted with a number of advanced weapon systems, from rapid-fire autocannon to exotic beam weapons, there are few foes that can resist the firepower of a full squadron of these swift hunters. Once the immediate foe is annihilated, the speed of these fleet vehicles allow them to evade any further counterattack and reform to strike at the vulnerable flanks of the enemy army, keeping heavy armor suppressed as the Space Marine infantry advances to crush those who stand against the Emperor. God be praised. So, this bad boy, Saber Strike Tank, we got Ballistic Skill 4, Front Armor 12, Side 11, Rear 10, Three hold points. And the Legion Saber Strike Tank is a fast attack choice. And you can have one to two Saber Strike Tanks in one unit. And Derek, go ahead. But before Derek goes, like, I'm, I'm telling you, like, before we get into this, like, I honestly think this is a. If you apply this model, this unit, to your army, you can honestly make this platform work for you. Like, with all the options and the point costs, like, this thing's fucking dope. Go ahead, Derek. Yeah, there's a lot you can do with this thing. So, it starts out with the snub autocannon and a hull-mounted heavy bolter, but you can upgrade the auto the autocannon to either a neuron neutron blaster or a volkite saker, and then the heavy bolter you can swap out for a heavy flamer for free, or if you're a Blood Angels player, uh, Assault Cannon. Then Multimelta and Volkite Culverian are options as well. So the Snub Autocannon, 
Uh, all of the the main weapons on this are going to be 24-inch range. The auto cannon comes in at strength 8, AP 4, heavy 2, twin-linked sunder. Ugh, so good. Mm. The what neutron... So, what? like, even though even though it's, like, AP 4, that strength 8 would sunder, though. Like, yeah. that's, like, that's fucking dope, man. You can get like, a lot done with that. Yeah, you can. Like, it's fucking awesome. Go ahead, keep going. The Neutron Blaster comes in at Strength 9, AP 2, Heavy 1, Concussive, and Shock Pulse. So like a miniature Sikar Inventor. Yeah, so so when you look at the aspect, when it comes to the, the Neutron Blaster, you have the... Um, and I have one of these, and I, can't, I, I forget the fucking name of it, but it's the Super Heavy Tank version where it has the, uh, the D3 shot Neutron... Um, I forget. It's this. Oh, the Cerberus heavy tank destroyer. Yeah, I was about to say. So it's got that. It's got that D three shots with the same rule set, except it's strength. I believe it's strength ten. It's not strength nine, and it's and it's AP one, but it provides the same concussive and shock pulse. So that means like anything you shoot, if it's a vehicle, it's going to shoot snapshots. So that's dangerous, and just like the Venator. Same range, 24 inches, except with the vendor, you get two shocks, but you still get the concussive and the shock pulse. And then with this guy, you get a guaranteed one shot. That's like, so the base is 65 points. And if you how much is the vendor? Ooh, I don't have that information readily available, but I guarantee you it's, it's not. It's, 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 it's so 65 point base. And even if you just sub- if you just substituted the auto cannon for the neutron blaster, it would only be eighty-five points. So, so hear me out. Eighty-five points for a tank as a fast attack choice. It's not taking up a heavy support. You can have up to two, and it's fast. So, and so, the neutron the- blaster is not even ordnance. It's heavy one. Whereas for the Cerberus and the Venator, it's an it's it, they're both ordnance weapons. So you have a fast tank at eighty five points. All you have to do is get within twenty four inches of an enemy tank, fire this bad boy, and if it hits, then you're good. You're golden, absolutely golden, and that thing's firing snapshots. Like that's fucking awesome well, you you do have to pen you have to pen to get the shock pulse off but that's strength nine oof yeah so for the 190 points it would cost for a secure inventor you can easily field two of these out mm. and like kit them out and yeah like just so you can substitute the auto cannon for that or the volkite Saker. Now the Volkite Saker is 24 inches, strength six, AP five, heavy six, the flag rate. Mm. This so I I thought like this is where like my mind went fucking nuts with this because like I saw the neutron blaster, I saw the snub autocannon, and then I saw the Volkite Saker, right? And we didn't even get into the Saber missiles yet, which are fucking dope. Like, 100% dope. Um, so let's say you have a Sabre platform, 
you substitute the auto cannon for the Volkite Saker at 15 points. That puts you at um, 80 points even. So you have a Volkite Saker. And then let's say you decided to substitute the Heavy Boulder for a Volkite Cavern at 15 points. Now you're talking 95 points. So you have a Volkite Saker, a Volkite Cavern. Both are 24 inches, right, Derek? Yes. If you're going against a militia army, you're wiping out units. Guys are like, melting. Guys are absolutely... So the strength 6, AP 5, heavy 6 to flag rate. The strength 6... Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. Strength 5, AP 4, right? For Volkite Culverin. Or is it still strength 6? Uh, you were the one who had that pulled up. Yeah, I, I have actually pulled up. So Volkite Culverin. Strength 6, AP 5, heavy 4. That... Like, you're hitting on threes, and then you're wounding on twos, and against militia, that's instant death, and it's beating their armor, and that's ten hits, ten wounds, dudes are instantly dying. And let's say it's, like, more than ten dudes, which most likely it is, the flag rate's gonna kick in, and it's just gonna keep waxing dudes and waxing dudes and waxing dudes. The gift that keeps on giving. The gift that keeps going. And you have two of them at, at 90 points a piece. Now, let's say you take it one step further and you put a Havoc Launcher or a Twin Link Bolter or even a Combi Weapon. Shit. Like, you can do a Combi Melta, a Combi fucking Flamer. Like, it, this thing is, like... This is why I think, like... If you apply this some bitch right, it could be the ultimate, like, most versatile Legion of Stardust weapon plat- platform that they have. Yeah, this is the little Sakarian that could. Like, like, I was thinking about it today, like, this thing is a tank version of a Contemptor Dreadnought. You can, you can, oh yeah, load, you can load it out to whatever you're facing, and it's gonna, and it's gonna do damage. And, like, on this little fucking tank, like, it, it's, the, it's the equivalency of a Rhino, right? 12, front yeah, it's, 12, it's, 11. It looks like a Sakarin, uh, but it's actually Rhino-sized. But and then it has the Rhino armor. For 20 fucking points, you can give it Armored Ceramite. Like, that's fucking insane. <laughs> like, this, yeah. this little fast tank, you can give it double Volkite. And absolutely, like, like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, even even though the AP value on Volkite is shitty, like, even against Legion of Stardays, when you when you get that Vulcan, when you get that fucking Volkite off, it's still gonna do fucking damage. And let's even like the cherry on like the top is like the saber missiles. So the saber so- missiles are an addition; they're not an exchange. So it, it like think hunter killer missile like for any other vehicle. There's they're thirty six inch range. They're strength six, AP four. They're heavy one, one use, and they're rending. Strength six on rending with the AP four, and you you can have up to four of them, and not including like the special rules for the saber tank. You get missile lock. Yeah. A lot of people overlook that because not a lot of other things have that. 
I had to look that up because I was like, what What the fuck is Missile Lock? I don't see it Go ahead, here. go ahead, tell him. Tell him. Tell him what it is. All one-use weapons on this thing become twin-linked. You can re-roll your to-hit roll. That's fuck like... How many times have you had an HK missile just fuck off and do nothing? Because it exactly. just missed. Exactly. Like, that, like the, the, the reason why, like, if you fire the one-use-only hunter-killer missile and it does nothing is the reason why I never fucking pay for it in the first place. Like, 65 points base. Fast attack choice, so it's not taking up your heavy support. Dude, this thing is, like, if, insanely good. If you're playing Armored Spearhead or something where you need to field a lot of things with tank keyword, this guy is going to be your best friend. So if you're like me and you're a Dark Angels player, Iron Wing Protocol. Can you put the molecular acid rounds on a vehicle's heavy bolter? I'm pretty sure you can't. Uh, I'm pr- like 110% positive. <laughs> Let me go take a look real quick. But yeah, like, I mean, it doesn't super excel at any one given thing, but it can do pretty good and it is dirt cheap. Like if you just want to kit this thing out with the neutron blaster, you know, multi-melta, throw a combi melta on it. And just roll this thing up because it's fast and can fire real easy, even moving. Like, your opponent really just can't ignore that if they've got important tanks. Yeah, if, so so um, molecular acid shells can only be given to models with the Legion of Stardust Dark Angel rule. Okay, I thought so. And Dreadnoughts. Okay, so it doesn't get to play with that, but all you Blood Angels players can totally give it a whole mounted uh, assault cannon. Dude, like... Like, imagine the Volkite Saker and an assault cannon on this thing. Oh my god, like, dude, like, just the 65 points alone for a, for a three-hole point front Strength 12. Sunder autocannon. Oh my god, like this, and I forgot to add in, in addition to, like, the missile lock special rule and, like, the base weaponry, it also has an auxiliary drive for free. Yeah, that's free. Like, it, it took me to actually really read these rules for the Saber Strike Tank, where I was just like, holy fucking shit. Like. Yeah, this thing's a game changer. Th- like, this thing is a game changer. Like, you can. Li- like, I'm sitting here thinking, like, if you're an Allegiant of Stardust player and you're playing any game that's not. Centurion or Chondax, like even if you were playing Chondax, you could easily uh, throw out a dedicated transport. Well, unless the dedicated transport of your choice is like a a Land Raider or something like that, you could throw one of these guys in. Like this thing is is so versatile. It's fast. It's a fast tank with auxiliary drive. Missile lock, you'd pay for those saber missiles, man. And armored ceramite alone, like on this little fucking tank, man. Like it's nuts. So I want you to imagine something. All right, later. If if you might humor me. So take one of these things, give it, let's say, let's say just the Volkite Saker, or even keep it with autocannon, give it a heavy flamer. And roll this bitch in Zone Mortalis. 
Can you, though? It's less than four inches wide. But I thought they changed up the rules to Zone Mortalis. Like, I mean, they, the, they pumped out, they pumped out those, they pumped out the... The Horus Heresy specific. specific. Yeah. Yeah, uh, no dedicated transports, no squad size more than 15 models, no vehicles other than walkers, unless their models are no more than four inches wide. Holy fucking shit. Now, depending on the map, this this little guy might get stuck somewhere. But he is going to own the area he's in. Fuck me, man. Then again, I don't know. I don't have a lot of data on small tanks in Zomortalis. Well, like, that's the thing. Because nobody expects them. Nobody runs them. So, dude, like, if you're like me and you're and you belong to all the big like Facebook groups like I do, and, and you listen and 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 you listen to all the other heresy podcasts, like nobody really was talking about this tank. Like, maybe I'm dumb. Maybe maybe I'm completely. Maybe we're both dumb. Maybe we're <laughs> completely dumb against the rules. We don't know what the fuck we're talking about. We maybe we need Ryan to like check us, put us in check, but like. Everything that I see, the points cost, the upgrades points cost, the rules that it's given, like, how did nobody, like, say, like, this thing is the fucking bee's fucking knees, man? I mean, is it overpowered? Hell no. It's not going to be, it's not going to outperform no, the heavy no, no. hitters at their, at their jobs, but for dirt cheap, it does okay. Dude, for dirt cheap, you're getting, like... A three hull point, sixty five point per model base, and it com- like base. It comes with the snub auto cannon, like yeah, that, that's your most versatile. Like, like it, it's strength eight. You're not gonna not have anything to shoot it at. Like even if you're just shooting this at like, like if you're shooting at marines, it's not gonna do much. But if you're shooting this at marines, like. You're probably in a good shape anyway, unless you're just being swarmed by like Day of Revelation or something. Well, no. If you shoot, if you shoot them at Marines and you wound them, they're they're not getting that fucking apothecary save. I tell you that right now. Yeah, but they still get their power armor. And so yeah. if they lose one guy because they lost their power armor roll, whatever. But even against like Marines for sixty five points, it's a fast tank. You can just have this thing just tank shock, do the old metal box cock block. Yeah. Just and to have like, it be in the way and be a fucking problem. Like, as a fast tank, you can move it, shoot, and then the next turn, move it even farther away than a normal tank. Still you can shoot. flat out 18 inches if you're flat outing. Like, this thing is absolutely a little fucking beast. And now, now that I spent the day looking at this rules, and how, how long it's been since this bad boy was released with its rules, nobody's been talking about it. Like, this thing is a fucking little beast. Like, it, it, like I'm sitting here thinking, like, I need to buy a couple of these, man. Like, <laughs> it's so versatile. It's so dirt cheap. It re- it reminds me of the old uh, fucking a Death Corps of Krieg Cyclops. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the you can still tank that. You can take those in militia still. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty fucking dope. But like, that's imagine what this thing those some bitches. Oh fuck, that's a whole new ball game, boys. <laughs> Just a whole new fight. Now you're. We were talking. 
we were talking like this is gonna go way over people's heads, but we were talking National League rules. Now you're talking American League rules, and <laughs> it's a whole new ball game. You're talking, oh, yeah. you're talking, you're talking base hits and bunts versus power hitting and home runs. So uh, doesn't look like a foul to me. I uh, know, right? Uh, fucking hit the foul pole, bud. Uh, That's a home no. run where I'm from. <laughs> no blood, no foul. Exactly. But yeah, so, so Derek, I think we like we busted our nut over the Legion Saber tank. Do you have anything else else for it? I don't know. Like, I don't know that I would take Armored Ceramide on it because anything with Melta on it is still going to like penetrate it. Like it's Armor Twelve. Come on. True. Very very true. Like I don't think everything needs to have Armored Ceramide as an option. But, you know, if you want to build one of these with Armored Ceramite, if it matters, it matters. If, if it comes up, then, hey, that's 20 points well spent. So so I was thinking, like, I think I think the most optimal loadout for this bad boy, and it's going to sound strange, substitute the, substitute, the, substitute the fucking autocannon with the Volkite Saker. Throw a fucking a substitute the heavy bolter for the Volkite Culverin, and then give that some bitch four saber missiles, and then just like zoom that some bitch all around the board, and just like blast Volkite, use and just blast those fucking missiles, and then zoom it the fuck around somewhere else, <laughs> and just have fun with it. Like I could just imagine doing like, oh man, like ten ten Volkite shots. Oh, that'd be so fucking fun! And then you got the saber missiles. Like even you could then, just... even then, just keep the auto cannon and just like zip this dude up the flank and just start hunting rear armor on dreadnoughts. Yeah. Like, oh, man, this thing could be a fun li- for the just... for the maneuverability and just the like. Even if you just take it stock, I think it's going to surprise you. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, uh, I would say like we're equating this to barstool sports and we're doing the one bite challenge. Everybody knows the rules. Uh, one bite. That's all you get. Um, I'd say you give this an 8.7. Honestly. Yeah. The, the, the fact that you can, you can easily find the points for six of these things son of a like that's the biggest thing man like what do you do if your opponent brings six of these just stock son of a bitch man like stock 60 auto cannon and let's say heavy flamers or heavy bolters because they're heavy flamers are free so three of them with heavy flamers three of them with heavy bolters so we got 65 times six that's 390 points, man. For less than the cost of some of your other big tanks. You just have six sabers. I know, right? You're, and and that's the greatest thing is because as a tank, you have to deal with penetrating the armor and doing some damage on the vehicle damage table. Like, yeah, I mean, three hull points isn't isn't a big deal. It's a big deal when you don't got a fucking lot of fucking anti-armor on you. True, true. And But even then, rear armor 10, you don't need melt-a-bombs to punch this thing to death. 
You don't. Not at all. Like, even fast, you're still hitting it on, what, threes? But, yeah, like... But even think about it this way. Like, 300... Let's say even if you had one of these, right, and base, so 65 points, and you get it to a point where, like, you're getting it in close combat, and some dudes are, like, in close combat, just... I know they're not one use only, but, like, let's say they're just wasting their melt bombs away on something that's 65 points. It's probably done its job at that point. You know what I mean? Like, it's probably most likely gotten its points worth out of doing damage to the It'll other side. It'll get its points back when it explodes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, like, 65 points, man. Like, how many assault marines with melt bombs does it take to hit 65 points? Yeah. Like, if you take out three when it blows up, I think you're good. Congratulations, you blew... You used your 300 <laughs> points worth of assault, your 10-man assault marine squad, to blow up my 65-point tank. That took out like four of your dudes. Although, if you got a big ass assault unit, they're probably going to wrap a couple of these up. But even then, that's just more explosions I got to deal with. Exactly. More, and, and the way I look at it is, it's more dice rolls against them. At the end of the day. And then after that, if you survive, screw it. Just start tank shocking them. I'm telling you, man. This is. I, I haven't seen enough out there from the podcast, from the community, about this little guy. So I will tell everybody straight up, maybe me and Derek are dumb. Maybe yeah. we don't know the rules as much as you yeah. are out there. And... I'll admit, a contemptor will just kick this thing over. No problem. Yeah, but this thing can move so fast away from a contemptor. Like, you would be, honestly, you'd be fucking dumb to run this straight up the middle against a contemptor because the contemptor will just get in close combat with it and just destroy it. Yeah. Just kick it over. But man, for 65 points, a fast tank for what it has base now, on it for 65 points. If this thing rams a contemptor, because <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a tank, it can ram can. people forget about ramming, but that's half its strength. So strength six against front armor thirteen for contemptor. I I forget. Yeah. Basically, the contemptor would death or glory, and then kick the thing over. Yeah. But that's enough about that guy. So now we have. Yeah, just the, let that marinate. Let that let that marinate. Let that fester like the old prison pruno. Uh, Legion Aquiter Bombard. All right, so Legion Aquiter Pattern Bombard is a heavy artillery platform designed to operate at the forefront of a Legion of Stardis advance. Equipped with a reinforced chassis and brutal short-range firepower, it is called upon to break the most stubborn of fortifications or to annihilate massed enemy infantry and armor. The heavy guns and missiles, most often carried by the indomitable Aquator Bombard, are more than capable of removing any obstacle to the advance of a space marine host in a series of devastating explosions. It is a one to three heavy support choice. It is 140 points per model. Derek, go. All right. So coming in at Blue Seal 4, uh, 12, 12, 10 with four hull points. It's a little beefier 
than your Rhino chassis, like your your Vindicators. Uh, this one, instead of being fast, this is tank heavy. So this is a stark contrast to the Saber. I, I literally wrote on my notes here, uh, star not fast. Yeah. So heavy just means whenever it moves, it counts as not moving. So it always gets to shoot as if it's stationary. Yeah, and um, so... I also had to look that up because I didn't see that too often. Yeah, so basic bitch, it comes hole-mounted with a Graviton charge cannon, two sponsored-mounted heavy bolters, which is dope, smoke launcher, searchlight, and again, auxiliary drive for free. Um, So straight off the gap, straight off the bat... Graviton charge cannon, it's basically your Leviathan grav bombard, except instead of 18 inches, it's 24 inches. And you get the Ordnance 1, Barrage, Large Blast, Concussion, Graviton Pulse, and it gets the additional Haywire. Um, Now, to exchange for free, which I think is the better option, is the Spicula Missiles. It's 24 inches, Strength 7, AP3, Ordnance 1, Blast, Five inch or seven inch mark, uh, seven inch template. I'll get into that why that matters later. Rocket salvo special rule, sunder, wrecker. Wrecker is only good against you if you against against fortifications. I have yet to play a heresy game other than defeating the wall at heresy camp. <laughs> uh, but so rocket salvo special rule. So uh, I will straight up tell you right off the bat. For 140 points, plus 20 points, if you put the Armored Ceramite on there, you can also pay for extra armor that's even useful. Um, I don't think this thing is dope at all. But I will say the Spicula missiles are pretty dope. I think what needs to change, though, is the range. I think the range needs to be longer than 24 inches. Yeah. So the rocket, the rocket salvo roll. So remember, the Spicula missiles are 24-inch range, strength 7, AP3, and you can either choose a 5-inch blast marker or a 7-inch blast marker. And remember, they're also Ordnance 1, and this is not a fast tank, so you don't get that ability to shoot. So, Yes, you do, because it's heavy. It moves and then counts as not moving. Oh, shit. That's right. My bad. All right, so the rocket salvo. This is how this rule works, and I wrote it dummy style because I'm an idiot. So step one, you pick a point that's within range and line of sight of the Spicula missile. The I'm going to stop you right there. What's up? You pick a point. This shoots at a point. A point on the table. Not a unit, not anything. You just pick a point on the table that's within range and line of sight, right? Step two. You're going to place either the 5-inch template or the 7-inch template. Step 3. You're going to roll that scatter dice as normal. Now, wherever that lands, each unit, each unit, not model, each unit under the template suffers hits based on the template size. So let's say you have a 20-man tactical squad and one little dude... One little sliver gets hit by the template. It's going to take the amount of hits depending on the template side. So if you use a 5-inch template, it's going to take 5 hits. 
Just one dude on a 20-man squad. Five hits. Now, if you use a seven-inch template, it's D6 plus four hits. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, step five to the rocket salvo rule, the last rule, the last portion of this rule. If a seven-inch template is used and you roll a six on that D6, the weapon has exhausted all its ammo and may no longer be fired. But if you roll a six... That's ten hits. Ten hits. On on every unit. Yeah. And remember, it's each unit. So let's say within seven inches, you hit four units and you roll that six. Each unit is taking ten hits. Strength seven, Sunder. Suck it. Strength seven, Sunder, AP three. Suck it. Suck my dick. And it's, it's not... It can scatter out of that 24 inches, too. Yeah. So that's why I believe with this little guy, if any weapon you take, it's for free. Always take the Spicula missiles. And I would say at the end of this, like, my two little notes is, like, I can see this as a defensive weapon. So it's not going to be an offensive weapon. This is something that you deploy on turn one or you, you deploy in your deployment phase and you keep it behind a line of sight blocking terrain from other anti-armor shooting it. And this would be great to protect your line if you know you're going against like a drop assault heavy army, a deep striking heavy army, basically anything you expect to get within charging range of your army after turn one because you can shoot like, this at units in combat i might i might add if you do though you can you're hitting your own dudes yeah well so, you have the chance of hitting your own dudes true i'm just um, saying like very few things can you like just actively shoot at people in combat but but also remember too you're rolling full scatter yeah. You're not gonna you're not gonna get any buffs to your scatter dice roll. Well you scattered as normal. Yeah, exactly you scatter as normal. But remember there's like certain things like a nuncio box and shit like that that normally helps you with your scatter dice roll. You know what I mean? You're not gonna get that with this. Like you're always gonna roll that full scatter. Like two D six. Is that how ordinance works? Yeah. Okay. How would it, I'm just not familiar with ordinance. Well, no, no, like it's not. It's not that ordinance is that way. It's scatter. So you're rolling two d six on that scatter dice, and you're going the fuck away on it. When you say scatter is normal, does that mean you don't use the subtracting your ballistic skill? Well, no, you do. You you absolutely is do. a hit still a hit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, there's there's certain buffs to like. Helping scatter dice, like, uh, what is it? I forget. Cognosignum? Yeah, and then there's the, um, it's not hitting the top of my head, but basically it removes one of the scatter die. You know what I mean? But you're not going to be able to use that one. So all you're getting is the benefit of the ballistic skill, is what I'm saying. Yeah. So that's a, that's a bold move. That's a big dick move. But, you know, that's like, 
That's like that. That's like fucking uh, Mel Gibson, uh, Broken Arrow, Broken, broken Arrow. Arrow. <laughs> well, Dropping what's the old bomb. the old Death Corps of Krieg uh, motto? Fix bayonets, but don't stop the artillery. Exactly. But but that's so. That's my summary on this bad boy. Use it as the like my thought process use it as a defensive weapon as opposed to as an offensive weapon and 100% I mean 100% substitute the graviton charge cannon instead of the spic for the specular missiles it's free just do it just trust yeah, us just, just, yeah i mean what i would have done like they, if like, i was like if i was designing this unit i would have given it had it start with the rocket system, and then for 20 points, you can upgrade it to a Grav Flux Bombard, which yeah. is what the Leviathan has. Which, it's only 18-inch, but it's doing way harder hitting than the Graviton Charge Cannon does. But the I could see that how they, how they gave the Graviton Charge Cannon like a better little bit of rule set is they gave a barrage, which the Bombard does not have. Right? Right. So wherever you place it and wherever it hits is the center of the blast template. So you can place this like not on an AP uh well not on a artificer armor sergeant to take the hits, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So it gives you a little bit more play in that sense but i i honestly think like uh, graviton weapons before they nerfed the graviton destructor were are, are, are useless weaponry like they're not they're, they're not that cool um i don't know i just like the the one on the on the Leviathan, and yeah, I get the Leviathan one can be a little crazier because that starts at 270 points for the Leviathan. Yeah. But if you look at the size of the weapon itself, it's not actually that big. And I, I would rather have that maybe as a 20, 40 point upgrade to go from the Spicula to the Grav Flux Bombard. Like the range yeah. gets even shorter on it, yes, but what is what are you doing with a Graviton Charge Cannon? What are you, what are you actually doing? getting a haywire hit off yeah and you know that's that's the other thing i was so the only thing i can see like i said use this as a defensive weapon platform so the only benefit the graviton charge cannon has is the graviton pole special rule so wherever the blast template lands it turns the terrain into difficult terrain right and then difficult and dangerous yeah yeah and then you also get the concussion special rule, so it turns the unit into initiative step one. So that's why I said use this as a defensive platform, because let's say you have a deep strike and close combat unit. Like, let's say you got, like, a Dreadclaw comes up on your, your back line, drops Red Butchers. You'll drop this. They get hit by it. They're concussed. Well, only the models yeah. that take wounds are concussed. It, yeah, and then even so, like, but like, 
Yeah, that's why that's why I even say like get rid of that graviton charge cannon. Yeah. Like, always put the specula missiles on it. Against Marines, it's effectively strength three. Oh, no, no, AP three strength seven. So. Well, no, I mean the the graviton charge cannon. It's basically strength three against Marines because you're only wounding them if they take their strength test and get a five or six. Yeah. AP four, they still get their armor save. Like yeah. I don't, I don't see a whole lot of use out of it. Like. If it's late game and you're hitting demons with it, cool. But the spicula missiles are going to be even better at that. Uh, taking out clumps of militia, the spicula missiles are going to be better at that. Yeah, and so that's why, that's why over overall barstool sports. Like needs, unless uh, you're going to hit, bite. if you're going to hit a land raider to get that haywire hit, you're I not. Mean, you're you're not like. 24 inch range you're not gonna go after a land raider land raider sitting in the back line yeah like you know what i mean like if, if that's your only target it, this can knock a whole point off for a land raider that's the only benefit the the graviton cannon has on the missiles is haywire yeah, yeah. so that's why I like barstool sports pizza bite tests I, i'm giving this a solid 2.2 man like i i don't f- for for one, this takes up a heavy support choice slot. I There's honest, a lot of stuff fighting for that spot. One hundred percent, I'm gonna take a heavy support squad over the Aquitter Bombard. Like one hundred percent. Like this thing just does not speak out to me at all. Well, I, the, I think this is, the Spicula, the Spicula missiles with the rocket salvo rule, one hundred percent cool. Um, if if they were to, I would I, I honestly, I could take this and I would I would give up a heavy support choice, one to three aquator bombards if they increase the spicula missiles to forty eight inch range. That would be dope. You increase the range to forty eight inches, strength seven, AP three, the ordnance one. And then with the rocket salvo rule, you have the choice of the five inch to seven inch blast. That would be dope. Yeah, that would be dope. Yeah, my takeaway from this, like I said, I would I would personally prefer if they pumped up the graviton to the grav flux and then made that like a twenty forty point upgrade. the The rocket salvo rule reads like it's meant for uh, eighth edition because it hits. You know, you're not counting models. You're just verifying, yes, the unit was hit, no, the unit was not hit. But honestly, like, it doesn't really stand out aside from the Vindicator. And I have seen, like, some Death Guard players using the 40k Death Guard tank. They're already proxying those as Vindicators. So it's really cool that you get to see, you know, the specific model that they were, that more fits them because it really looks like they worked backwards from that model to get the like backwards Sakaran looking bombard chassis. But I don't know. The good news for me is there's still one variant that they've shown off that we haven't seen rules for yet. And that's the actual heavy mortar pattern. So maybe when they put that out, they'll change up how the graviton works, maybe boost it a little bit. I don't really expect them to increase the range on the missiles too much because for 140 points, if the missiles were, you know, 36 or even 48 inches, that'd be a little too wild, especially with the way it works hitting units. 
but I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see where they go with it. Cause I, I definitely believe in a future road to Thramis probably going to be posted the day after we finish this recording or the day after we upload this just to spite us. They'll put that up and they'll change all of this. But yeah, that, that's the main one I'm waiting to see is that heavy mortar. Like the rockets are, are great, especially with that high strength, but we'll see how that mortar compares to like a demolisher cannon. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was, I was just like a little upset about this unit because it could be a lot cooler. Well, you know what I'll say? I take that back. Like, it is oh, cool. It it is cool, but it could yeah. be a lot better rules per se. Yeah, I mean, I is. I like that it exists. If these rules were the final rules for it, I like that it exists. If you like the model, by all means, run it. You're cool. You're cool for running it. Like yeah. it, it's not so much of a slouch that it's going to lose you the game because you took this instead of a vindicator. No. Yeah. But it, it doesn't have the benefit that the saber has of being so cheap that if it does nothing, who cares? Yeah. I think that's, you, you have any final words about the Aquiter bombard Derek? I don't. Meh. Mm, I, I'm, once they put out the, Mortar version that we'll see if they change these rules up. Yeah. All right, Derek, here we go. This like now, now <laughs> we're getting into the fucking raging boner of one of uh, the, the dark angel units. And I've been like chomping at the bits to go over these bad boys because You've of the chomping dark at the bit to chomp at these bits. Oh man, <laughs> you motherfucker. All right. So, the knights are last. So the, the, the biggest complaint I see about the new Dark Angel stuff is how much they outdo that uh, power armor or artificer armor Praetor. It's like, well, who's in charge? The guy who doesn't look so flashy. Oh man. All right, but, here we go. Yeah, the first the first unit. Alright, so the Dreadwing Interemper Squad. So they don't release any like when you download the rule set, they don't do they don't have like a little fluff special like part for the actual unit? What I can tell you, as an avid Dark Angels player and like love of the Dark Angels, so the the Dark Angels are the first Legion. They are uh, the Legion that the Emperor set up to cover any and all sort of combat situations that they may face in any sort of Great Crusade. So he set up the Hexagamicon and the Legionotus Bellicosa, whatever the fuck it's called. But following the Hexagamicon, uh, initially the First Legion had six six wings. And the First Legion still has six wings, even going into the Horus Heresy. You have the Iron Wing, the Dread Wing, the Death Wing, the Fire Wing, the Raven Wing... And I always manage to forget the last one. Um, well, regardless, uh, each were all set up to face a different aspect of combat and all had a different role. So for the Dreadwing Interemptor Squad, the Dreadwing was the precursor and the foundation of legions such as the Death Guard. 
where they're just like this extremely tough, slow moving, use any and all necessary weapons possible to destroy everything in front of you. Phosphex, Rad, what have you. That's what the Dreadwing was for the Dark Angels. So the Dreadwing Interimter Squad, it's uh, it starts off as a five-man squad. It has four Interimters, and then it has a Interimter Perfectus, a Sergeant. It's an elite choice for the Dark Angels, and base starts out at 160 points. So weapon skill, ballistic skill four, strength four, tough four, wounds one, initiative four. The Interimters have one attack. The Perfectus has two attacks. The Perfectus has leadership 10 and a 3-plus save. The Interrupters Interrupters have leadership 9, 3-plus save. Um, It's all infantry. The Perfectus is obviously a character as well. Their war gear, all of them, both the Perfectus and the regular Interrupters, power armor, plasma burners, they all have a combat weapon or a chainsword. It's very and, important that you specify they have chainswords. Well, combat weapon or chainsword, that could be a combat blade as well. Because yeah, that but gives Dark them, Angels have special rules when they're holding things with the word sword in it. But they, like, combat blade. So combat weapon, combat chain, the old chainsword, yeah. combat. Like, Mastery of the Blade kicks in regardless. They have swords. Yeah. Um, and this is the biggest fucking kicker for free. Oh yeah. Remember, five man squad, 160 points base, uh, frag, crack, rad grenades. Uh boom. That's Double big up. dick. Big dick right there. Alright, and now uh, like I said, the Perfectus has leadership ten, the Interemptors have leadership nine. But their special rules, in addition to Legion of Stardust Dark Angels, where they get the Mastery of Blade special rule, which means if they're armed with any sword type of weapon going against a unit that has the same weapon skill. They hit on threes. The other unit still hits on fours. They also get stubborn. Uh, that uh. leadership 10 stubborn. That's dope. Like, like deal dopest, with it. Dopest dope I've ever fucking smoked. Okay. So the only other unit that I play that has the special rule stubborn is the fucking thousand sons. Uh, segment Terminators. That's a fucking Terminator squad. Yeah, these dudes don't give a fuck. These dudes don't give a fuck. All right, and dedicated transport interrupt squad numbering ten models may take a Land Raider Proteus as a dedicated transport. Uh, has to be precisely ten, no more, 10. no less. The reason why it has to be precisely ten because this base unit of five may include up to 10 additional interrupters. That's 15. 15 total in this squad with plasma burners, right? Yep. And we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. For every five models in the unit, one may exchange their plasma burner for either a missile launcher with suspensor web, with rad and stasis missiles, 15 fucking points. That's dope. Dope. So much dope. Like, you're talking fucking drug lord level dopeness right there. Um, Then you can also give them a plasma incinerator with suspensor web for 15 points. 
So fun fact about suspensor webs, they make those heavy weapons assault at half range. Uh. So you still get to charge with these hoes. Still get the charge. And the only other upgrade this unit gets is that the Interrupter Perfectus may be equipped with up to three plasma bombs. I'm sorry, phosphex bombs at 10 points each. Boom. Now, I spent a lot of time on looking at the rules of this unit. And then I actually wrote out the differences and the advantages of a tactical support plasma gun squad a tactical support plasma repeater squad that the Dark Angels have access to, and Dreadwing Interrupter. And I'll get to that portion when I finish up. But let me go over what the plasma burner and incinerator can do to you. So the fluff, a dangerous offshoot of more common plasma technology, these weapons vent plasma gas through a magnetic bottle in high-speed jets. Any enemy caught in the path of such a jet is quickly reduced to molten slag, annihilated by pressurized torrents of raw plasma and leaving no trace of its presence. However, the magnetic fields that keep the superheated gas contained are fragile and emit a low-intensity field of radiation, and as such, the average interrupter remains combat-viable for only a few short decades before requiring augmentic replacements or reassignment to a dreadnought sarcophagus. So basically, like, these dudes would spent years and years of slagging these plasma burners around before the radiation killed them and they were reduced to a dreadnought. These guys are literally dying to kill you. Dying to kill you. Plasma that burn. is the dreadwing. That's exactly the dreadwing. Killing you enough to kill themselves. Plasma burner, 12-inch, strength 4, AP2. You're like, oh, that's not that bad. 12-inch uh, 12, 12 range, strength 4, AP2. Yeah, assault D3 plus 1. Mm. Ignores cover mm. and plasma flame. At no point did you fucking hear me say gets hot. No point did you hear me say gets hot. Plasma flame. Weird flex, but okay. When making an Overwatch attack, any failed to hit rolls may be re-rolled. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, yep. I'm hitting on sixes, but I'm re-rolling them. And you're getting D3 plus one. D3 plus one, and you roll once for the entire unit before firing. So you're in, regardless, and I'll get into this when I compare the tactical support squads to this squad. You're going to get two shots, regardless. Always going to get two shots. Um, but before uh, even at two shots, it's not bad. It, yeah, uh, Derek. Before I go into the comparison, what do you, what are your thoughts? Like me as a Dark Angels player, I'm going to be biased. Five man uh, squad, 160 points for stubborn leadership. Ten, I think. Like, blow your load. This is fucking awesome. I think. Uh, so my personal reactions. Uh, the plasma plasma flame, I feel like it should have a gets hot or a variant thereof. Like if you roll a a, a three on the D three, then you know you take units. Like something where instead of it being gets hot, kind of like the spiculo missiles, where like if you do the best 
you can get from that role, then it kind of hurts you a little bit. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, if I'm going on the side of using these hoes, I really want to take ten of these and sh- or twelve of these and shove them in a shove them in a uh, termite. Termite comes up, these dudes roll out, hit you with the plasma incinerator and a missile launcher. And then what are you going to do? You're going to charge me? Or are you going to not charge me? What are you going to do? What are you going to fucking do? You're not going to do shit. That's what I can tell you is you're not going to do shit. Especially if you stick like a chaplain with them. Dude, rad grenades... Like, those are the tits. Absolutely the tits. Like, hands down, the best grenade in the game. Yeah. Like. Ugh. So. Like, for real. Alright, so. Like I said, you get ride grenades base. You don't have to pay for them. You do have to pay for a missile launcher with suspensor web with rad missiles and stasis missiles. And in case you haven't in case you've never used rad missiles or stasis missiles, stasis is only for the dark angels. But rad missiles, rad phage, so anybody you hit takes a minus one to their toughness. Stasis missiles, anyone you hit within a like the unit, if it hit by it, reduces one to their weapon skill, one to their initiative for the rest of the turn. And that's a missile launcher with suspensor web, so you're going to be able to assault. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. For f- just 15 points, right? You can Overwatch with that, right? Uh, No, because they're both blast templates. Gotcha. Yeah. But you're... Like, you're not Overwatch. I mean, like... I'll put it this way. I'll get into the, the comparison real quick. All right, so... So is that unit hit or model hit reduces their weapon skill and initiative? All you have to do is hit any like so let's so the three inch template, right? Yeah. If you hit a unit, the whole unit suffers minus one to their weapon skill and their initiative. Oh god. Yeah. Doesn't matter if the blast template just hits one model, the whole unit suffers the minus one. Pop out the termite, hit him with that. What are you gonna charge me? What do you know? Initiative three, I'm gonna swing first. You're at minus one toughness. E shit. So this is where this is like the dopest dope you've ever smoked for Centurion Army, right? So a tactical support plasma gun squad. It's a non-compulsory troop choice one. It's a max unit of 10. The base is five. But let's say you went with 10. Just with plasma guns, 325 points. So you get a strength 10, AP2, rapid fire weapon, that gets hot at 24 inch range. If you fire rapid, we- if you fire at the rapid rate, you're not going to be able to assault because you can't assault and fire rapid fire weapons, right, Derek? Right. Yep. And as a tactical support squad, you also have to pay for close combat weapons. So that's additional point. I think it's like 10 points for additional close combat weapons. So you're talking 335. And that's without your sergeant getting any sort of upgrades. So 325, you're not getting your close combat weapons, you're not getting sergeants with artificer armor. Then you roll into, let's say you go Dark Angel specific, tactical support, plasma predator squad. Once again, non-compulsory troop choice. We'll go with the t- the 10 the 10 unit size, 
Uh, just with the plasma repeaters, same as the tactical support plasma gun squad, 375. But the difference there being you get a strength 6 AP2 salvo 2-3 weapon with twin linked, gets hot, but at 12 inches. Um, and that's 375 base. No additional close combat weapons, no artifice armor for the sergeant, um, and what have you. And the caveat is everybody must be decked out in the same unless you take advantage of the sergeant, you substitute getting the augury scanner with the bolter, um, and their leadership nine, and you don't have an access to a vexilla, you don't get the rad grenades. So right out the gate, both those units are more expensive. Um, you get more shots with the plasma repeater squad if you're stationary um, and at lesser range and both squads you can't assault now we get to the dreadwing and Dreamters. a leech choice max 15 but their base is five if you pay the additional points to have five more so at max uh, of well not even max of 10 it's just you have 10 of them you can go up to a 15 the base is 310 points if you add 30 points to them so that would be 340 you can either have the suspenser missile launcher or the suspenser plasma incinerator or both like one or one or the other you can have a mix um my optimal choice is I'm going to have two missile launchers, and I'll explain why. So for 340 points, I get 10 dudes. Uh, eight of them are going to have the plasma burners. Two of them are going to have the, the Spencil missile launcher with rad missiles and stas stasis missiles. Now, the plasma only gets you 12 inches, but you also have those missile launchers. You get a sergeant. And if you add another 30 points, so now you're up to, so you're at 340, 30 points. What's that put this at? 370, Derek? Yes, sir. That's still five points less than the plasma, the basic bitch plasma repeater squad. You get a sergeant with three phosphex bombs. Now, the sergeant doesn't get any artifice armor or the normal sergeant upgrades, but for 370 points, you're going to have 10 interrupters, a sergeant with three phosphex bombs. You're going to have two missile launchers with rad and stasis missiles. The whole unit's going to have rad grenades. They're stubborn with leadership 10. And now you put out their max range to 48 inches. And you have close combat weapons for free. Your dedicated transport now is from a rhino to a land raider Proteus. But even if you don't use the Land Raider or a dedicated transport for 370 points with that with two suspensor web missile launchers, this is what I would do. Run these you would take your so one, this is a must-have with your Centurion Army Force. You pay the points for a Centurion uh, for a Praetor, keep them in artifice armor. And whatever choice of fucking HQ choices you have, 
like let's say a legion champion or something like that or a chaplain but throw your chaplain into your close combat unit throw everybody else so an apothecary a praetor these dudes put on one giant squad two missile launchers right you're gonna get into close combat range Shoot one missile launcher as rad, shoot the other as stasis. You reduce their toughness by one, you reduce their weapon skill and their initiative by one, and then you fucking charge. And then you're just fucking with the mastery of blade special rule, with that weapon skill, you're hitting on threes, their toughness is three, you're fucking waxing that ass. Oh yeah. And then let's say you're not able to get in charge range. Well, guess what? Plasma burners, plasma flame. You're going to get that fucking D3 plus one on eight of your fucking dudes. And you're going to re-roll those failed to hit rolls. That's why mm. these guys are dope. Yeah. Also, I had to do a little refresher. I was not familiar with the Phosphex bombs. Yeah. So I went back and looked that up. Go ahead. Phosphex bobs, you're looking at a six inch range. So it's basically like throwing a grenade. Strength five, AP two, assault one, one use, three inch blast, poison three up, crawling fire, and lingering death. Uh, no scatter. Go fuck yourself. That's what that is. Yeah. So let's say it scatters, you know, average scatter would be what, seven inches minus yeah. four. Because it's bliss skill, and then you get to move it two inches. Yeah. Because it's lingering fire or crawling death. So it's a direct hit nine so, times out of ten. Poison three up, AP two, suck it. Oh, uh, like this unit for a hunt, like. So let's say you didn't even take the missile launchers or the phosphex bombs, but you still stuck with that ten man base. Three hundred and ten points. And it is an elite choice over a troop's choice, a non-compulsory troop's choice. So that's why I can... So the reason why I compared this against the tactical support squad is because both of them are non-compulsory troop choices, meaning you have to take two troop choices before you can throw these guys in there. Yeah. Which is the equivalent of spending an elite choice. You know what I mean? Right. So that's why overall great choice. I would say in a frontline army, 80% probability you should take these dudes. Drop like just waste a fucking elite choice on them and it's not even going to be a waste as an elite choice for these dudes. Centurion though, Zone Mortalis, 100% take these dudes. Yeah, Zone Mortalis, that's a this no-brainer. These guys are going to just melt opponents. 100% take uh, Zone Mortalis and Centurion. 100% take these dudes. Ten, take a 10-man squad. If you got the points left over, take a 15-man fucking squad. They're leadership 10. They're stubborn. You can absolutely have a 15-man squad of these dudes, and it's not going to matter. Yeah, these guys are nuts. Like, fuck, man. These are... Uh, can't fucking wait to see how these guys play. 
It's my luck that when I play these at the 12th inaugural Big D, that the rules work in my favor, but my dice rolls don't. <laughs> and I'm just pissing in the wind at that point. You're going to roll your Overwatch, they're all going to miss. Be like, check it out, I get to re-roll that. And they're all going to still miss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, look, they get four attacks each, and nothing's going to hit. Yeah, I know, right? So... Derek, do you have anything for to add on them after my awesome summary and my analysis? That was a super in-depth analytical breakdown. Props, man. I know. You, you did the homework. I did the homework. Hey, I do what I do, baby. <laughs> uh, uh, all I can really throw out there is picture 15 of these guys in a Spartan. Yeah, but you'd the have to pay party for the wagon. Spartan. Yeah, we can do work with it. But like I said, like these dudes, you're going to put them with your Praetor. These guys are just going to be icing Terminators. Yeah. So I honestly see like your Praetor, whatever other HQ choice that's not close combat favorable. So like I said, like, Put your Praetor with these dudes to have them protected. But if you're going to bring a Chaplain, obviously put the Chaplain in more of a close combat favorable unit. Not these dudes. Put Even a Librarian though... with these guys. Fuck. What's up? Put a Librarian with them. Oh, yeah. Or, or... So, if you're if you're going to take a... Fi... Like, this is what's really nasty. And this is what I... Like, this is what I think. Right? 15 of these dudes... <laughs> 15 of these dudes pay the points for two missile launchers with rad missiles and stasis because like I said shoot one for rad shoot the other for stasis and then you take the old boy warmonger and attach it to him <laughs> and you deep, you deep strike these sons of bitches and you just like full steam ahead just blow all your load after you deep strike and call it a fucking day. Because, like, even if you deep strike these dudes, you shoot the rad missiles, you shoot the fucking stasis missiles, if they're ballsy enough to try and charge you on their turn, they're fucking dumb because they're reduced to toughness, they're reduced weapon skill and initiative. Mm. And then... If they decide to not charge you, and if you were smart enough to move these out of the way to make sure that they don't get blasted off the table after they come in, on your turn, you're doing the same fucking thing. <laughs> you're moving closer to them, so now you're probably in range with the fucking plasma, and you're blowing your load on your, on your rad missiles and your stasis missiles, and then you're going to fucking charge them. Like, it's fucking nuts, man. Some dirty danklers, boys. Yep. And now we move into the coup de gras, as I would put. The Dark Angels, Inner Circle, Knights, Cenobium, right? Cenobium. Cenobium. So it starts off as a base of five. You have four order Cenobites that are weapon skill five, ballistic skill four, strength, toughness four, 
wounds one. I know that's going to be a lot of uh, there's going to be a lot of salt about that because a lot of the uh, Legion specific Terminators have wounds of two wounds or more. Mm, or, not that sorry, many. Yeah, but uh, not that bad. You get a lot in the back end. Not as many as you think. Yeah. Initiative four, attacks two, leadership nine, two plus save because they're in cataphracty. Now the sergeant or the order preceptor, weapon skill six, ballistic skill four, strength four, tough four, two wounds, initiative four, two attacks, leadership ten, two plus. Now they're stubborn, they have Legion Stardis Dark Angels rule, they have Adamantium Will, and they have Order Exemplar. But they're like, oh, Vince, you're fucking dumb. You don't know the fucking rules. That doesn't matter if he's a fucking order preceptor with weapon skill six or not. Uh, It's going to matter about the most of the unit. Well, guess what, motherfuckers? The Cenobites and the Preceptors, the Preceptor, they're all characters. Fuck yourself. Fuck you, Angron. (laughs) Oh. My name's Angron, and I'm just angry at the world because Dad lifted me up off the planet before me and my bros can fuck up this planet. I'm going to challenge everybody when I get in close combat. Oh, yeah? Well, I don't give a fuck. Everybody's a character. Fuck you. Mm. Go ahead, Derek. What do you, what do you got? What do you, uh, like the, With the last unit, I sort of went overhead, and I talked a lot, but... Well, no, you you had the info, man. You had that sick, uh, you had the context of them with other Dark Angels units. You knew exactly what to compare them with. But as far as uh, as far as Legion specific Terminators go, uh, weapon skill five, you see that pretty often. Six, six though, weapon skill six, and even then, like he's got a Tyrannic Greatsword. So, in, like, let's say he challenges somebody else who's weapon skill six, he's sitting on threes. Like, get out of here. Uh, Master of the Blade, baby. So these, 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 like, 100%. These guys are the straight-up goon squad of heresy. Let me, let me tell you why. Cataphractic Terminator armor. It's straight out the gate. We'll get to it, but they can, they can fire Overwatch. I don't know how they fucking do it, boys, but they fucking do it. They're allowed to. They're allowed to. Don't ask why. Don't ask why. They're allowed to fucking do but it. They're, they're the first. They're, they're the first legion. They can just do whatever the fuck they want. That's how the first legion rolls. They're all armed with tyrannic greatswords, which is strength plus two, AP three. Oh, AP three. Fuck you. But instant death. Mm. All of the hits, the wounds, instant death, and they're all armed with plasma casters. And I'll get to that. Um, they can take dedicated transport. Uh, five models can take Land Raider Phobos and a Spartan if ten or fewer. So if they're just five, they get a Land Raider Phobos. If they're more than five, but ten or less, they can take a Spartan. They're an elite choice, which makes them a Legion-specific Terminator choice. So guess what, boys? If you're a Dark Angel players like me, these guys become compulsory troop choices if you're running that old ply to the Legion. Uh, go fuck yourself. They get the Order Exemplar rules. Special rule. 
And this is dope. So the fluff. Within the First Legion, there are innumerable separate orders, each dedicated to a singular creed of war. The Cenobium stand as the greatest exemplars of these orders, keepers of the secrets they hold. So before the start of each play, each unit of the Inner Circle Knights must be assigned an order from the following list. The entire unit must take be of the same order. So if you have a unit of Cenobiums and you have another unit of Cenobiums, one unit has the same order, the other unit has a different order. But even though they're all each character is in a unit, they all have to be of the same order, if that makes sense. Yeah, and you do get to pick before the start of the game, so you can kind of tailor it a little bit to what you see on the table. Yeah, it's sort of like vets. You can, before the game starts, you pick whatever they want based upon whoever you see and what they're they're loaded out for. Before I get into the order exemplar, though, so they have very limited options. They only have three options. Squad can include up to five additional Cenobites at 45 points apiece. So if you're rocking a 10-man squad like I am, it's 500 points right out the gate. Now, any model in the unit can replace the Tyrannic Greatsword with one of the following. And this is funny because it says with one of the following, but there's only one choice. And it's a <laughs> Thunder Hammer. And Boom. guess what, motherfuckers? It's free. 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 Your favorite flavor of Thunderhammer. One, two, free. That's how much it costs. Um, the Order Perceptor can be equipped with a grenade harness at five plus points and digital lasers for ten plus points. Always a must. You get that one additional attack. I absolutely take it. And definitely give these dudes the grenade harness. They need frag grenades. Um, I did write a little note about that. So I would say pay for the grenade harness if you know you're playing on a table with a lot of terrain. If you're not, then you can tactically employ these dudes to the point where you don't need it. Or just give them all thunder hammers and say, who cares? Exactly. But now getting back to order exemplars. So before the start of play, you, each one of these units, you pick an order. The first one is augers of weakness. When making an armor penetration roll against the target with an armor 11 or more on the facing target, a model with this special rule may add plus one to the strength of the weapon used to make this attack what do you think derek uh, i think strength nine thunder hammers knocking on a land raider uh so my little note to this one this is good if you're going thunder hammer heavy and if you're facing against a unit that has a lot of armored value units even then it takes your train at great sword up to strength seven and what's that doing to a contemptor Strength seven, so against a contemptor, uh, I'm I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, a what front armor thirteen? Yeah, so you still need sixes, but it gives you the chance. And if you glance. have a guy with a thunder hammer, then he just rolls up and just solves that problem. Yeah. 
But like I said, uh, if you're going against an army that has a lot of armored value targets, um, nine times out of ten, you're just going to go ahead and outload these dudes with thunder hammers in the first place. And then again, you would use this exemplar to help your thunder hammers. Um, the number two, Icons of Resolve. This model gains plus one attack on any turn in which it or a unit it is part of is charged by one or more enemy units. Go ahead, Derek. What do you think? I think counterattack is great. And uh, this is counterattack, so I think this is great. Exactly. <laughs> you can't... So, Icons of Resolve... I would say is one of two default options for you to take on this unit if you don't really know what to choose. Like, out of all the orders exemplars, if you don't know which ones to choose, you can't go wrong if you default on Icon of Resolve. You get counterattack. You get plus one uh, on the attacks if you're charged. Um, specifically, I wrote here, it's good for massed units, uh, massed enemy units, of lesser skill in close combat. So if you go against a militia army or if you're going against mass demons uh, with not a lot of strong elite choices, but I don't know, like maybe you have a weird demon demon player that you're playing against. It doesn't have a lot of elite choices or HQ units like heralds and stuff like that. I don't know why they would not include those in the army, but let's say in the freak way they do. This would be a good choice against them. Yeah. So especially th- because it, it works if you're already tied up in combat. Yes. Whereas counterattack only works if you're not tied up when you're charged. Yes. But I'll get to that because there's an order that it addresses if you're already tied up in combat. So the number three, Guardians of Sanctity. When making a deny the witch roll for a unit that includes this model, roll an additional D6 and discard the little result before determining if the roll succeed or fails. What do you think, Derek? Uh, I don't do a whole lot of denying the witch. So I'm going I'm to serve this one back to you. That is exactly the point. Very rarely <laughs> are you going to be in a situation where you do a deny the witch roll. Like, so, unless they give Dark Angels like an option to take a bunch of librarians, which wouldn't shock me. I don't see a lot of psychic dice being thrown. So, uh, so what I on my analysis of this icon, or I'm sorry, of this order exemplar, there's there's a specific situation where this could be useful to you. So, if you decide to take a five man squad of Cenobium Knights, they already have Adamantium Will, so that's a benefit there. But let's say you decide to have a you use one of your HQ choices for a librarian and you attach these unit like this five man squad to a librarian but you also have other units of Cinebeam knights this would be a good order to give to that specific knight unit that's attached to the librarian cuz it just benefits if they should so be targeted by psychic powers yeah, because you're getting the benefit of being attached with the librarian, and then the adamantium will, so now it makes it harder for them to cast. 
Um, that's the only situation I can see. Uh, you would have an, a unit of five with a librarian, and because of the animantium will and this order exemplar, it, it, it gives you a benefit defense against psychic abilities. But that's about it. Um, yeah, it's one of those things. If you need it, you're going to be glad you've got it. If you don't use it, then you're going to be kind of kicking yourself because you'll you'll be looking at the plus one strength or the counterattack. And you'll be like, man. Yeah. All yeah. right. So number four, Slayer of Kings. This model may re-roll failed to hit wound, uh, failed to hit rolls of one when engaged in combat or in a challenge with any model whose weapon skill is five or higher. So with the mastery of blade, you're already going to be in a weapon skill of five. If you're facing a unit that has a weapon skill of five, you're hitting on threes already. Now you're going to be able to be to re-roll those wound rolls of one. Hit rolls. No, no, it's re. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I moved. I accidentally read the next one. So you re-rolled the hit rolls of one. So I would say the best strategy to use this one is you're playing against good assault elite heavy armies. That you know you're going to match these guys against. So what sticks out to me is Emperor's Children or World Eaters. So Butchers and the Palantine Guard or the Phoenix, whatever. As long as one guy in the combat is weapon skill 5, everybody gets it. If the sergeant is weapon skill 5 and everybody else, and you're hitting on uh, the the most common weapon skill 4 in the unit... It still says this model can re-roll when engaged in combat or a challenge with any model whose weapon skill or five, five or higher. Correct. Yep. So if they've got a chaplain, hey, look, that counts. Exactly. But I would say this is more tailored if you know, like, give give this to the, the, the knights if you know you're going against an assault elite army. Um, would you would you say that, that that's a fair assessment there? Yeah, I, I can also see you kind of defaulting to this one because let's say you're yeah. charging something that is weapon skill five. Cool, you get three roll ones. If it's something that's not weapon skill five, then you're hitting on threes. Yeah, and, and that's a good point. So, like, let's say you're in a weird situation where you have these guys and you don't have a chaplain. Take this one as you re-roll the hits of one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because the weapon skill higher. Um, because you're... You're obviously going to take the, the these knights and you're going to go against the weapon skill 5 or higher unit. You're not going to waste it on something else. You know what I mean? Right. All right. Um, going into number 5, we have Hunters of Beast. I think, personally, I think this one is my favorite and I think this is one of the better, the best ones. This model may reroll fail to wound rolls of one when engaged in combat with any model with a toughness of five or any fail to wound roll if the target's toughness is six or higher. Like I said earlier in this episode, fuck you, Cybernetica. That's what this is. 
What do you think, Derek? Yeah, if if there's like a Praetor on a bike in the combat anywhere, then you get to re-roll those two and rolls of one. Oh yeah. But if you're yeah. going against if you're going against a cybernetical list, like man oh man, just choose this one. The Tyrannic Great Swords, plus two strength, so you're most likely matching their toughness of six. You're wounding them on fours. And you're AP, just... The AP3 is chomping through them, and it's instant death. So see Done. you later, dude. Cast relax. Also... Goodbye. Also, demons? Mm. Ugh. Ugh. That's a big oof. Hashtag big oof right there. Like, all of a sudden, Dark Angels aren't scared of charging demons on turn two. Yep. 100%, my friend. And you know what's crazy is we, like, we've gone through five of these Order Exemplar, and we're still talking about the same singular unit, the Inner Circle Knight Zenobium. Yeah, um, these guys get a lot. Like, these guys get, like, Thousand Suns levels of different kits. Oh, yeah. So now, number six. Number six, everybody. Number six. We have the Reaper of Hosts. Reapers of Hosts. This model gains plus one attack in any fight subphase, which they begin in base contact with more than one enemy model. What do you think, Derek? Uh, it's like counterattack, except uh, you don't have to be charged. It's just if you're stuck in combat. So, damn. All of a sudden, bogging these guys down with militia isn't as great of an option as you might have thought. That's exactly the little note that I wrote on my, like, a little analysis here. So, depending on who you're going up against in close combat, um, see the Icons of Resolve, which is the plus one attack in any turn, which it or a unit part of is charged of but um this is ideally for like derek said militia so even if you do have the strength and the attacks to wax like 10 dudes let's say you're going up against a squad of 20 dudes or even more than that and there's still dudes remaining like if you're i would i like i honestly see like you using this against a militia army big hordes of dudes and the the squad of the dudes you're getting in close combat you're you're reaching max output or alternatively if you're sticking these dudes with the lion and he's going to end up fighting another primark like primark versus primark challenges take you know three turns minimum yep so these guys are going to take out that other primarks guards and then they're all just going to gang up on that Primarch. Exactly. But the Primarch situation, um, like I said, if you're in a normal playing group of heresy, in a heresy gaming group, uh, I don't know how your gaming group is. I can't speak for them, but like very rarely should you be playing Primarchs. Or maybe if you are playing Primarchs regularly. But I would say if you're in a game where you find yourself, you're not finding that Primarch situation... So if you're if you're fighting a tougher massed close combat army, 
go with this one because they're more resilient. They can stay in combat with you. You're going to get that plus one every sub attack phase. If not, if you expect your knights to just constantly wax units in either the, the like the first round or the next round, go with Icon of Resolve. You get that plus one every time you charge. You get that plus one every time you get charged. So use that to your advantage. But if it's a tougher uh, massed close combat army, go with this. Keep getting that plus one every attack sub phase. Um, and if not, go with the icon of resolve. All right. And now the last one, which is extremely useful against Thousand Suns, Demons, Demons of the Rune Store. Breakers of Witches. This model may re-roll all to hit and to wound rolls in close combat when attacking an enemy unit affected by a blessing psychic power or an enemy unit with either the Psyker or Brotherhood of Psykers, Sorcerers, Psyker Pilot, Demon, or Demon of the Ruin Storm special rules. Mm. So just straight up. There, there's no, there's no guesswork to this one. Are you playing demons? Are you playing word, word bearers, or are you playing thousand suns? If so, take this one. Yeah, it's like uh, step one: include inner circle knight synobium to army list. Step two: playing against uh, psyker brotherhood of psychers. Sorcerers, Psych Pilot, Demon, or Demon of the Room Storm Special Rules. Step three, question mark. <laughs> Step four, profit. profit. <laughs> exactly. That's where this applies. Quick question. Go ahead. Is the Tyrannic Greatsword unwieldy? Nope. It's <laughs> the only the only downside to it is it's two-handed. Mmm. Delicious. Yep. That's all, that's all I got to say. These guys are fucking tasty. So, literally, one unit, you get Thunder Hammers for free. Um, oh, before we even summarize this unit at the end of it, the Plasma Caster. So we talked about the Plasma Burner. We talked about the Plasma Incinerator. The Plasma Caster... So the order, like, I, I got to stop myself now. The order mm. exemplar special rule, the very last portion of it, after choosing one of the seven to benefit yourself, regardless of which, which one of the seven you choose, you get the, in addition, such is the superlative skill of the inner circle knights that they may make overwatch attacks despite being equipped with cataphracty pattern terminator armor mm. you get the plasma caster the plasma caster strength 12 same as whoa. the plasma burner whoa. i'm sorry whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so range 12 same as the plasma burner that we talked about in the dreadwing interrupters strength 4 ap2 same as the plasma burner type this is where it gets tricky not even tricky Assault 2. So you're getting straight two shots right out the gate. 
ignores cover, Plasma Flame. Plasma Flame, like we said before, when making an Overwatch attack and he failed to hit rolls, may be rerolled. Damn. So this was one of the main ones we saw where when Forge War or when they first put this unit out, it didn't have the little uh, little bit about them being able to Overwatch. Everybody kind of roasted them on it. And then the next day, this got uploaded errated, just like that. Exactly. It's fucking awesome. Like, so, mm. you get a five-man squad, 275. Pick, oh, excuse me, one of the seven to benefit you before the game starts, whatever you're facing. They're stubborn. They have adamantium will. Leadership 10. They're in cataphracty armor. They get to fire Overwatch with their strength 4, AP 2, 2 shot, ignores cover, plasma weapons. They're all Doesn't, characters. They're all characters. Doesn't get hot. Weapon skill 5, Perceptors, weapon skill 6. All are modeled with Tyrannic Great Swords, which is strength plus 2, AP 3, instant death. And for free, you give them Thunderhammer. Damn. Like hot damn. Like for I I like I'm incorporating them in my list. For <laughs> five hundred and ten points, I get ten of these dudes with a perceptor with uh digital lasers. So it gives them plus one attack. For five hundred and ten points. And just for free, I like I can either have all of them, some of them, one of them. Thunderhammer for free. Yeah, just have a couple guys bringing Thunderhammers to the party, just casually. Yeah. So for a 10 man squad, 510 points. I'm not saying I'm going to do it. I'm saying I might do it. I'm saying I might see it. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm going to do it, but I am saying I'm tempted. You might see 10 of these dudes with, te- with, with, oh, I'm sorry. You might see five of these dudes with Tyrannic Greatswords. You might see five of them with Thunderhammers. You I might don't know. see both. You might come into a Canada near you. <laughs> come into a Vancouver Island near you. Victoria Island near you. Oh. Yeah, but you know, who cares anyway? It's a Canada. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. There's a lot of fantastic people from Canada that listen to this. You're all awesome. and I will absolutely, every, every single one of them. I will say that I absolutely love your country uh, every time I go. It's a wonderful place. Um, even though you do have a Canadian football team that looks exactly like the Green Bay Packers, I won't hold it against you. <laughs> all right. Well, so that's all for the like full PDF rules they put out. But uh, they have given us a couple other little goodies in the Road to Thrama series we can talk about. Yeah. What do we got there? Because this is now now we're getting into the Night Lord, so... You're oh, we're not. Oh, 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 hey, the, this first Legion party train's not over yet. Don't. <laughs> like, I mean, do you, do you just want to go ahead and start talking about these? Uh... Well, I mean, uh, like everything that we covered so far has been in either Road to Thromus 2 or before. And then when you get to Road to Thromus 3, that's all you, brother. That's all Night Lords. Are you sure? Are you sure you're not forgetting anything? 
Well, Road to Thrawn, Road to Thrawn is four. We're getting back into Dark Angels. Yeah. But, but Road to Thrawn is three, so three becomes before four. Okay, so we're okay. All right. Yeah. I didn't know if we were just lumping them all together by Legion, but yeah, we can. No, no, because like Road to Thrawn is two, or it's either two or one where they talk about the Cenobium Knights. Um, no, one, one they don't. They definitely don't talk about the Knights. It's two that they talk about the Knights, which we just went over. Yeah. Now we're into three, which is the terror troops. Hell yeah. Definitely right up your alley, man. All right, so here they don't give us a full-blown PDF with all of the rules. Instead, they just kind of talk about some of the some of the cool things we might expect to see from these guys. So in the Road to Thromus 3, they busted out the Contacar Terminator Elite for the Night Lords, going into some of the Eighth Legion. So these guys, if you take a look at their models these guys look fucking sick like you like they're it's on par with the night lords characters they put out yep the praetor in uh artificer armor and then the one in tartarus armor right yeah it's it like 100 percent. i agree with the tartarus armor outfit because like moving fast very flexible sweeping advance. high yep. you always want to have the option to sweep the advance so, and you know what? It's pretty dope. Like, it is pretty shitty that you guys got, like, a CAD design of the fucking Terminators. <laughs> Not even, like, a real model picture of them fully painted up, but, like, some dude who took the took the designer's, like, yeah. drawing and was like, hey, man, can you put... Can you, rightio, with this cup of tea, put pip, this pip. fucking CAD, pip, pip, cheerio... Mock it up for me so I can put it in the fucking article. And then they did it. But it is pretty dope to see these a guys, fucking... No, these guys look like tits on a Ritz. Dude, like the fucking Volkite weapon he has has like a chainsword on it. Like <laughs> <Straight the fucking>... <laughs> <up>. <laughs> You get like 10% more chainsword that way, man. Yeah, he's like, let me, stroke, <laughs> let me shoot this lightning bolt out of my dick. Oh, did you survive that? Rain. It's like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right Let me just face. deflag this guy real quick, and then uh, oh, he didn't explode and kill his buddy. That's all right. <laughs> I got him. That's but like yeah. some return to Wolfenstein Nazi shit right there. <laughs> Straight up. So we don't have a whole lot of info on what these guys are and what they do, but we do know that these guys are armed with heavy flamers or Volkite caviters. And they've got Nostromin chain blades. So, mm. heavy flamers. Big plus. I'm a big fan of heavy flamers. Uh, Volkite caviters. Is that a weird one that I just never seen before? Or yeah, am I stupid? I don't, I, don't, I don't think. Let me let me pull it. I up mean, real quick. let me let's go back to the the graviton and Volkite page in the rulebook. Yeah. No, no. So on 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 page one seventy eight of the Age of Darkness like rule book, you have the Volkite Serpenta, the Charger, the Caliver, the Culverin, and the Demi Culverin. You don't have the fucking Caviter. So the Volkite Caviter. And, and it was funny today for the last two days on my way to work because like the Eye of Horus episodes are like five hours long. Um, they, it like Tim was like joking around laughing like these guys have like number 40 of different volkite weapons <laughs> that they've introduced yeah. 
exactly. And it's all just different, like different variations of strength four or five, AP five or four, different ranges. Yeah, different but they don't need, shots. But like even in this road to Thromus one, they don't even like release the stat line of it. Yeah, they don't talk about what the Volkite Cavitor does. When this article was originally put up, instead of Nostrom and Chain Blades, they had Chain Glaives. Yeah, I, re- which I remember are, they were talking about that. Yeah, which are melee weapons that are strength plus one, AP three, melee rending two-handed. They have since errated this article to give them Chain Blades. Yeah. Which are pretty similar, they just don't have the plus one strength, and they don't have the two-handed rule. So effectively, it's a rending power sword. Strength user, AP three, melee rending. Yep. This and is I mean, pretty dope. That's not bad. Yeah. Could be better. Could be worse. Uh, I'm curious to see what kind of options they're going to give them. But yeah, that little bit is all we really got as far as these guys go. But they did give Night Lords another right of war, the Cross of Bone. So this Rite of War, uh, it'll give you the Aristocracy of Ruin. For every non-compulsory HQ included as part of the detachment, the maximum number of Elite's choices available is increased by plus one. That is dope. So if you like Terminators and you like Chaplains and you like giving Chaplains to your Terminators, you know, go crazy. Uh. You also get the Strong are Strongest Alone. As long as a model from this detachment with the independent character special rule is either alone or in a unit with no other independent characters, it gets plus one attack. Uh. So if you're going to be spreading all your HQ choices across your different elites choices as uh, just throwing them in the unit, they're going to benefit. So quick question. Are Apothecary's characters... Yes, they are. Damn. But no, no, no. But so, they're not independent characters. They're not independent characters. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, characters. sergeants would throw it off. So you can still throw chaplains and apothecaries in a bunch of units and just have them be problems. Correct. Mm. Mm. Delicious. Deliciousness. And so that only... So that's to just, like, incentivize you taking more non-compulsory HP choices, so... Oh, I'm I'm working on my two chaplains for my night lords. Uh, got the executioner boys rolling up. I'm I'm looking up right now. I just want to make sure that uh, the apothecaries are not independent characters because I'm pretty sure they're not. I, I, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I know they're they're not independent characters, but I was curious if they were characters or not. But even then, doesn't matter. Yeah, they're they're infantry type character. They're not independent characters. Dope, dope. So you also get the Tithe of Gore. The Slay the Warlord secondary objective is worth an additional plus one victory point for the player that has selected this right of war if the enemy's warlord, enemy warlord's final wound is removed by a friendly model with the independent character special rule. As mm. long as one of your HQs takes down their warlord, you get a bonus victory point. Mm. That's dope. Yeah, so have you ever like lost by one point or you like tied and you're like oh damn yeah this would this would turn it in your favor but here's the limitations detachments using this right of war must take an additional compulsory troops choice 
in addition to those usually required on their force organization chart. Which mm. the uh, terror assault also has that same stipulation, and it's kind of a heavy penalty. Yeah, it is. Because that's, that's points. Just taken, a waste of points. Yeah, points directly coming away from your extra elites choices. Uh, Ooh, detach- you can't get curs. Yeah, you, you cannot take Conrad Kurz as a Lord of War choice. So as easy as it would be to get that Slay the Warlord with Kurz as that independent character, you don't get to do that. Yeah, we could take Sevatar, which is dope. Yeah, I, I've been undervaluing Sevatar until I got my hands on one. Oh, he's the man. Sevatar's pretty the fucking rad. man. He, he's a lot better than I initially thought. He, he oh, oh, God. Anyway, uh, you also have the limitation of the Rampant Blade. Any unit from this detachment that makes a consolidation move must move the full distance towards the nearest enemy unit within line of sight. If no enemy units are in line of sight, then a consolidation move must be made towards their opponent's deployment zone. Yeah, that's sort of that's sort of reminiscent of the World Eaters one, where you got to yeah. move towards the closest enemy unit. Yeah, so these guys being a little blood happy, they got to keep moving. And they, they just got to keep moving towards that next target. So all in all, I like what I see out of this, but it's it's going to be a no for me, dog. The extra compulsory troops is a heavy, heavy cost. Yeah, but like the extra the extra troop choice, you can make them assault squads. Yeah. Yeah, and I would. But and the benefits I, I'm I, getting, I, the, like the extra all... elites... I'm not using yeah. extra elites. I'm not using like like the plus one attack for my independent characters is pretty rad. I think you're I think you're sort of going the wrong way with the independent characters too. You should just like say so like if you wanna if you want to be fluffy with it, dude rock rock Sevatar with two fucking Legion champions. Fuck the chaplain. Like they're the Night Lords. They don't need a fucking chaplain. You just rock the fucking Legion champion. Oh, man. That'd I can so see dope. this being, like, wild in Zone Mortalis. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, they're, they're going to see the Tithe of Gore, and they're going to be real trepidatious as to where they put their Warlord. Like, I, I see that more as, like, a deterrent. Yeah. But I don't know. Like the way I've got my Nightlords kitted out, it's still drop assault vanguard. Like yeah. if I was going to run this right of war, it would completely. I, I would have to reapproach how I like what models I would take. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. The the extra eight elites choices you can do some wild stuff with that if you have some really cheap elites. But I don't know, man. Uh, like I feel like if you're taking a bunch of veterans, there's a better right of war for that. If you're taking a bunch of Terminators, there's a better right of war for that. Yeah. Like like I said, I like what I see from it, but I personally am not going to take it. But if you want to build your force around this, I'm not going to call you an idiot or nothing. Like, <laughs> like it, it just doesn't fit the way I run my Night Lords. Yeah. And then, uh, continuing on in this particular article, they also showed off the Legion Arquiter with the Morbus Heavy Bombard. No rules, unfortunately. They just show us how cool the model looks with that big stubby mortar cannon. Yeah, which is weird. Because they released the model, so you'd think they would release the uh, 
the rules for the bombard, the mortar bombard. Yeah, and then they have a nice side by side picture with the uh, plague burst crawlers from their forty k death death guard range. Yeah, but we already knew that. Yeah. So only thing that's remaining is uh, Road to Dramas Part Four, the Marvel Spider. So I posted this on the RFI Facebook page the other day, so we don't really need to get into it. But uh, they they released that another unit for the Dark Angels, the Deathwing Companions, which is dope. Not what we were expecting from Deathwing, I gotta say. Yeah, um, I was talking with Scott the other day because Scott started out with Doctor Angels too. And these guys are shown with pieces of their armor in the bone white. Uh, even though they didn't put a timeline to it, I naturally assumed that when they explained the backstory to why the Deathwing in 40K had bone white armor is because of a battle that took place in the 40K time frame. But it looks like that they're probably going to retcon that this famous battle that the Deathwing took part of occurred before it like in the crusade era or the unification era i mean which is it, pretty dope it wouldn't be the first time they've done that and i know a lot of people are saying like you know retcon equals bad always no nah, i don't necessarily but believe that I, don't I, I saw i saw a thread where people were discussing it and they're thinking that maybe so they explain that these guys whenever they uh take a whenever they take what would otherwise have been a death blow for their charge they get a piece of bone white armor yeah. So we're thinking that might have been the case until that battle in the 40k timeline and then everybody decided and then they all agreed, "Hey, we did this. We all just go 100% bone white." Yeah. In in like remembrance of what might have been one of the dopest companions or you know. Well, the the original story was that um the Deathwing, well the Dark Angels the Deathwing they were sent to this this planet, and the planet believed that the deity of death, instead of black, because that's what the Dark Angels, the original colors are black, they were, like, the deity was, the symbol of the death was white. So the Dark Angels painted their armor in white, and it scared the shit out of people on this planet. And then ever since that battle, the Deathwing uh, made themselves bone white. So that's why I'm saying like this is retconning. Yeah, I, I can see that them like doing a soft retcon, where like, you know, the the one Deathwing who does have 100% bone white armor, because he did tank that many death blows for his charge. Yeah rolls up and they realize oh everybody is like pissing themselves and running away from this guy yeah uh personally i think they should have just kept the bone white thing to 40k even even when i was even as a 40k dark angels player to this day i'm not a fan of the bone white armor i'm just not i i wasn't like i wasn't thrilled like I didn't think it was that cool in the first place, um, so I was a little—I was a little not upset, but just like eh when I saw it with these guys. Um, because to me, 
in the heresy version of the Dark Angels. The black armor with the red. Um, you could toss in a little green in there if you want to make a Dark Angel that was born from Caliban, Vice Terran. And then with the checker decals and everything else that comes with the Knight's Order of Caliban, like heraldy thrown in there, they, it makes it really cool. So to see the bone white thrown in there and to be retconned against what was given to you for the 40k version, eh, I'm just not a fan of it. Hmm. I mean, if you don't like the bone white, fuck it. Don't do it. I'm not. Like, these guys still look good, even if you just painted them in the standard Legion colors. Yeah. Uh, like, that, that's why I said when I initially posted this, like, the models alone unpainted are, I think, one of the most beautiful heresy power armor models in the lineup that Forge World has. Yeah, I really dig the distinctive look that you get with the with what we've been seeing from the Dark Angels. Yeah, 100%. And how they threw in that little scion of the Deathling rule. A model with the special rule may re-roll the first failed to hit roll of any phase while engaged in a challenge. Pretty neat. Yeah, they also introduced a bunch of other rules too. Like, uh, they have the Cypheron pattern Aegis. Yeah. Yep. So that, you have a bunch of these guys with the Tyrannic Greatswords, which are two-handed swords. Well, they can either... They can either have the Tyrannic Greatsword or Calibanite Warblade. Okay. Yeah, so the Tyrannic Greatsword, two-handed, strength plus two, AP three, instant death. Or Calibanite Warblade, strength plus one, AP three, no instant death. Okay, so it's a plus one strength power sword, basically. Yep. That's dope. Yeah, it's so, a must-have for all your sergeants. Oh, yeah. So the the Scytheron pattern Aegis, that is a big-ass shield that gives you a 4-up save invulnerable against shooting and a 5-up in melee. But if you have at least two guys in the squad with them, they can just they can defer all of their attacks and impose that invulnerable save to their entire unit. And in addition, uh, anybody... Start engaging them in assault gets minus one initiative. Which that is pretty dope. No, no, no. so I, I looked at this and I thought the same way. So the way it works with the ages, because I was looking at this and I was reading what they said, and it doesn't make sense to me because, like, you give a dude a, sh- a, a sword and you give him a shield, and if he uses it, like, you can't shoot or close combat. So the way it would work is the bearer would get a 4-plus invuln against shooting, a 5-plus against any attacks in melee. But if, he, if there's two or more in the squad, if you activate the shield, right, it gives the entire squad those invulnerable saves and any models engaged in the squad, the assault minus a minus 1 to initiative penalty. Yeah. So... That so the way like like I said like if like let's say you have uh, like they don't have the full rules for these dudes but let's say you have a full five man squad and all of them have the shield right yep so they would all get that four up five up right but let's say 
you have two of these squads with these shields. So those dudes, without activating them, those specifically those dudes, we get the four or five up. But if they activate right. it, everybody else gets the save. Plus, they get the minus one to what the attack? Uh, opponents opponents initiative. initiative initiative right. Then those two dudes can't attack. Right. At all. They they give up their attacks either yeah. shooting or combat to give their invulnerable save to everybody else. Yeah. And then you also get that extra benefit. Yep. So, so because it, you it, get the benefit when two of them are using the shield, it would kind of benefit you to have, you know, maybe three guys with the shield in case you get like a, in a bad situation where one of them has to take a shot. Yeah. But it, it doesn't really benefit you to give all of them the shields. Well, I mean, so if you have the option of getting them all the shields, I would say do it, vice not doing it, because it sounds like to me with these rules, you have the option of activating the Aegis. Right. But it's not, if you it's have, not compulsory. But if so, he has a shield, it's very likely he's not able to take the Tyrannic Greatsword. Yeah, most likely. So it's just going to be interesting to see. Oh yeah, like we'll we'll be able to like dig more into it when we get the actual big boy rules for it. Yeah, and in fact, like within the next couple hours, probably by the time it's eleven o'clock <laughs> now, I'll be waking up at five o'clock. Um, I'll be checking my email, and the very first thing I'll see is the Forge World release for this week. And it's going to be something that just recontextualizes everything we've talked about. Maybe it'll be these dudes. Maybe Who it'll knows? be the new Arquiter with the uh, Bombard, the probably. Yeah. Or it could be the Contacar. Maybe it'll could be the Contacar. Could be something yeah. else for the Night Lords. Who knows? Or maybe they'll drop a brand new model that yeah. we haven't even seen before. Who knows? Maybe they'll show off the Emperor. Holy shit. <laughs> Master of Mankind coming at you. I mean, they still refer to him in the uh, updated rules for the custodes. Yeah, they do. Your shield captain's got to be your warlord, unless you've got... The master of mankind. The master of mankind himself, or the other character they get. That would be... Oh man, that'd be so cool when that happens. I I wouldn't hold my breath, though. Yeah. It'll be something. Probably something cool. But holy shit, Derek. We did it. We caught yeah. up. As a whore, as as a, a tabletop gaming podcast, we finally did it. We caught up with all the latest and greatest in heresy. It took a lo- little longer than we were hoping for, but we got here. Yeah, it's been a long week. It's been a very long <laughs> week. <laughs> it's been a long week since we last recorded <laughs> and only to think this whole podcast all the information is going to change within the next five hours because Forge World's going to release a new model in the email maybe they'll show off the lion maybe they'll show off the con who knows oh man oh the con would be so dope right uh, okay, so I've been wanting to talk about this. So because they've got two different variants of the con, 
I kind of want to see them go back and add other variants of different Primarchs as well. I was sort of thinking the other day, I was like, it would probably be the biggest, funniest fuck you to Maka because he plays White Scars. And even though he just did hand paint like all of the emblems and they released the transfer sheets. <laughs> oh, no. And they they know that he exists with his out of the outer circle and how he, like, he, yeah, he's just like straight up salty all the time. And I love him every time we talk. <laughs> but it would be so funny if they for the con because he has like those two versions because he's got the land speeder version and the bike version, right? Uh, on foot and on jet bike. Oh, well, on foot and on jet bike. What if they just like completely fuck you and they just like <laughs> they did like 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 Fred Flintstone, like you know how like in the cars and the Fred Flintstones you used your feet to run. <laughs> they just modeled the version like the standing version, and then you just placed it on top of a jet bike. <laughs> But the feet still looked like he was standing up. <laughs> okay, that's that's pretty funny. But I submit to you, would it be funnier if him on foot is him straddling the jet bike, just pulled that off the jet bike? Oh, so he's that got was... this cowboy stance. Oh, <laughs> it'd be so fucking funny. What if what if like Anuj is like listening to this right now, and then he's just like, oh Taking fuck, notes. they caught on, boys. <laughs> we gotta change it up. Halt, halt it on for like halt production for another three years. <laughs> Back to the drawing board, boys. <laughs> <laughs> the jig is up. Cheese it, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be worth it to have what would potentially be one of the dopest models they've got scrapped just for a dumb joke. <laughs> That'd be so fucking funny. But yeah, no, I think it'd be dope if every Primarch got two forms. Like if they expanded on like uh, like how Lorgar, you can take him regular or him transfigured. Yeah. Like if they got a little bit different rules for either version, you have the con on, on jet bike and on foot maybe give some of the other Primarchs like different weapons that they've had, like have Russ with his sword and spear or have or sword and axe and then have Russ with the spear. Yeah. Like, I think they could do some dope shit, like have demon variants of the Primarchs, like late stage Primarchs. And then you have like Pruderabo that just transforms into the Tormentor. Yeah. And even bigger. <laughs> just that, that, like, that's what it is. He's holding a Bane blade in that big old belly of his. And then it just like, you know what I mean? <laughs> what, like, like, like an actual Bane blade, or like, his, like his forty k scale Bane blade. Yeah, like that's his... what I mean. <laughs> he's he's like, like breaking a model Bane blade. Because I'm not dumb, right? It's called the Tormentor, right? It's in so. the rules as the Tormentor, and it's a, it's his, it's his Bane blade variant that he yeah, can just like travel it. around in. Yeah, yeah, I think that, I think that's what he keeps in his belly. <laughs> That'd be so funny. I don't know. They put up the, the Slaves to Darkness book, and it's got all the like the whole squad on it, like all the like traitor Primarchs in like full demon form. Really? Yeah, it, uh, the cover of one of the novels, Slaves to Darkness, like the full art of it is just all of the Primarchs or all the demon Primarchs like ready to go. I want to see this fucking 
fucking Google it, man. Uh, Slaves to Darkness cover art. Let me see what pulls up. Yeah, there you go. Horus, Angron, fucking that little slut. <laughs> there he uh, is. Okay, it's just got Horus, Angron, Fulgrim, Perturabas. No, no, Perturabas in the back. He's he's like wearing like Tyrant Siege Terminator gear. Yeah, yeah, he's just like hiding out behind Lorgar. Yeah, and you got that little slut fucking... <laughs> Fulgrim. Yeah. Little snake bitch. Oh, my name's Demon Fucking Pilgrim. I have a penis and a vagina. Look at me. <laughs> Brother. <laughs> Brother. <laughs> oh, man. You know what's crazy to think is like with Demon Fulgrim and being under the power of Slanash, he could be like, with his pa- demonic powers, he could be like, I am both a female and a male, and you would love to have sex with me. And then you'd be like, yeah, I'd fuck it. <laughs> I can only but... picture a hedonism bot from Futurama. <laughs> it's like, look, I love life as much as the next guy, unless the next guy is hedonism bot. And it just pans over. And he's like dousing himself with butter saying, I regret nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Let us frolic like the Greeks of old. You know the ones I'm talking about. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> but it's just, it's just, it's just interesting to think. Like with Slanesh, it's like you got all these demons and shit, and they're both males and females. Yeah. But like, in, if you're in 40k times and you're some average human being, specifically a dude with a dick, dude, like you'd you'd see like this Slanesh demon, and it would have a dick and tits, and it would be like. You want to have sex with me, and then you shrug like, and go, "All right, yeah, all right." What holes you got, man? I'm just gonna put it in there. We'll we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll we'll work through this together. <laughs> you know what I mean? It'll be a team effort. And then, at, and then next you know, an inquisitor's like, "Wrong team, motherfucker." <laughs> 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 Give the heretics a good old purging. Yeah, the old purging. <sighs> but yeah, I think we got through it, man. No, we did, bud. We did. I'm giving you a high five over the mic. Hell yeah. yeah. There you go. So but next yeah. up, next so... up, what we got for next time? We're gonna we're gonna be breaking down like what we'd like to see from. A theoretical second edition heresy. Yeah, heresy, horse heresy. Age of Darkness edition two. Yeah. Hell yeah! So uh, if you've got anything you'd like to throw into that discussion, feel free to drop a line. Uh, just go ahead and send it to. No, Derek. no, no. Uh, this is what you do. So, um, so just like all, all the episodes, I post the link to the SoundCloud on our Facebook page. When I post the link. Just go ahead and comment on it, like what we should talk about and what you would like to see in Horus Heresy Rules version 2.0. Right, Derek? There we go. That's there it. Go. Exactly. All right, Derek, do you got, any, you got anything else for this bad boy before we close it out and shut her down? I don't know, man. I, th- I think we got 
Most of it. I feel like I'm forgetting something, but that's more of a, a constant feeling at this point. Yeah. I'm I'm sure if I uh if I forgot something, I'm gonna wake up to a bunch of messages. Yep. <laughs> It'll be all right. That's what's great about the power of the internet. Hell yeah. Instant feedback like uh like we've been giving to Forge World and like they've been doing updating updating the PDFs. Yep. It's great. You're constantly it. reminded how much you suck. <laughs> That's what's great about the internet. After the twelfth meme about uh, terminators with special Overwatch weapons that they can't Overwatch with. Yep. If that's all it takes, then hey, that's a win in my book. Yeah. All right, so we're uh, got anything? Yeah, the only thing I got there, man, is you know, life's a garden. You just gotta dig it, brother. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Home, home, home is where you make it. Hey, man, you like to see homos naked. That's cool <laughs> with me, man. It's 2020. It don't help me none, but good for you, brother. No. <laughs> hey, life's garden, you just got to dig it. There you go. So that's what I got to pass on to y'all. Um, so like I said, uh, in all the, like I said, in my hobby progress and how I've been posting, be on the lookout. I'm gonna every time I finish a portion of my Dark Angels army that I'll be using in the Boys of the Golden Throne twelfth uh, inaugural the Big D event. Uh, you'll see it. Comment on it. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. Tell me if you got any tips for me. Let me know. Um, like I said, we're gonna we're gonna bully Derek into showing some of his fucking Blood Bowl. Shit. Hell yeah. So, Expect some Blood Bowl bullshit. There you go. That's what I want to see. You know what I mean? And uh, so... Just over the course of this podcast, I got the decal worked on on these orcs. Just got to seal them, do some basing. You son of a bitch. I didn't even touch my models this entire time. It's been four hours and 16 minutes. You've you been touch touching yourself, huh? Touching myself, touching my dog, <laughs> touching my computer. That's all I've been doing. There you go. Um, and then, uh, like I said... Our next episode is going to cover what we would like to see in Heresy Horse Heresy Rules 2.0. So when I post the link to the SoundCloud to this episode, just go ahead and comment what you want to see out of Horse Heresy 2.0, what you want to talk about, say any questions, any comments, anything like that. Also, you know, just let us know how me and Derek are doing. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And I tell you what, me and Derek, we love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. It's always a good time when me and Derek get on here and we just start shooting the shit. Oh, yeah. I'm reminded of a uh, quote I'd read. Behind every great man is a great woman. And behind that woman is another great man. Everybody here is great, and it's conga time, baby. There we go, baby. Hey, love's garden. You just got to dig it, brother. <laughs> That's all it is. All right. Well, this has been a long episode. We, we've been chugging along, man. Yep. So I am going to say my goodbye. And Derek, now it's you. Go ahead. Good night, everybody. Night, everybody.